and I'm around winners, right? Yeah. You, your circle is like I walk in a building where me and Jay Z are in the same elevator, right. you know, and he's like, "That's a nice jacket." It was a Rockaway jacket that I had <laughs> on one time. He's like, "It's a nice jacket," but it's just like I go to a building every day and I see different artists. Justin Bieber's rolling around on a skateboard, you know. Mm. Rick Ross is in the building smoking weed, and I'm around success i'm around yeah. executives that dress nice nice shoes nice bags and that's and i'm in reeboks you know but i was proud of my reeboks but it was just like i wanted to be successful so i clung to my image of success at that time and and focus like on that like mm. like I'm, I'm in a building where like decisions are made i remember I yo what's up everyone it's t ross in today's episode, I wanted to take it back to a pre-COVID conversation that the homie Ashford and I had back in January with my friend Tamara. She's the director of operations with Sal & Co. Management, and they're responsible for artists such as The Weeknd, Belly, French Montana, and that's just to name a few. I met Tamara back in 2008 and had the opportunity to just really witness her grind into becoming this entertainment executive. I really wanted to get her on the podcast because I've been fascinated by individuals in the industry, individuals like herself who are behind the scenes, you know, and they're responsible for so many of the artists whom we love and admire. You know, so she shares with us her journey and how she started back interning with Def Jam, working with L.A. Reid and their client roster, including their newest artist at the time, Rihanna, um, and how that journey led her into this impromptu FaceTime, which turned into an, an actual work opportunity with Cortez Bryant of Young Money, uh, manager of Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, and their newest artist at the time, Drake. So, you know, her story is really one of sacrifice, um, a story of integrity, value, tenacity, She's just truly a powerhouse. So, you know, just looking back at the time I met her to where she is today, I can say that I'm definitely inspired by her journey and her worth ethic. Um, you know, she dropped some serious gems on the homie and I, uh, and they really set the tone for my mental shift and the grind. And, you know, they honestly still ring true today. So our hope is that this conversation will also inspire and encourage you in all that you do. And as always, if this podcast has helped you win, we ask that you take a second to subscribe, uh, leave us a review. And if it's something that you believe others can benefit from, go ahead and share it with the homie. We thank you so much for listening. We thank you so much for your support. This is Helping Homies Win. Okay, so, you know, we did this, this, this we're not really strangers thing. And I think that it's important to say that you two have never met before. <laughs> yeah, we have. You've never met, so you know. I really want you two to take time. Well, I guess I can introduce you. Both. Well, we've met before, but like we've hung out once, right? Who? Me and you. You. I'm not talking about you. I mean, I'm talking, talking about you about and Ashley. I know, but it's like but we're friends, but it's like we haven't like hung out hung a out, lot like, as well. No, that's right. a fact. That's right. a fact. So, like you guys are acquaintances. I just want to, right. Ex I like guess we're you friends, but he ignores my calls like right. that. I'm know? a stranger. He's in a. Where I'm like, hey, let's hang out, and he's like, I'm too busy. Like we're friends like that. Here right. You go. Yeah. yeah. He's too busy. He's Tarek. Here we he's go. always on the move. Here we go. The first time. So okay, we're gonna talk about the first time me and Tarek hung out. So look. So this oh, is what man. I want to say. This is what I want to say. So, Ashford. I'm Ashford and I went to college together. Cal Poly Pomona. Mm -hmm. um, first, no, no, no. I met Ashford before that in yeah. a Rise program. Rise. It was a student support program, residential program. We stayed yeah. over, um, like right before college. Um, we connected, became roommates, uh, started throwing parties together, running business together. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we've we've we've, we've evolved, and you yeah. know, Grown. It's, it's been ten years. Everything since then, crazy. 
Yeah. Wow. That's, you old, Ashford. Bro. 10 wow. years. That's wild. Um, so that's Ashford. And um, we're actually roommates again as of today. Yep. As of today. As of today. Today we are roommates, roommates again. Roommates again. We both live solo for some time. I like cohabitat. Cohab. <laughs> we cohabitate. We cohabitate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, I feel like that. When you said that earlier, that was that was yeah. that was funny. So mm-hmm. cohabitat, cohabitat. So, um, Tamara, I yeah. actually, I was thinking earlier today. I was like, how did I even meet him? I was just like I trying to think. Giz. Yeah, through yes. Giz and Tristan. Yeah. Um, I knew her at CC at the time. Yeah, CC, I changed my name. Yeah, they they um they had a spot. What city is that? Like Westchester. Uh, yeah, but by, by the LA, by, by the yeah. by LAX, by LAX. Yeah. Oh, okay. and um. CC was always like around in and out, flirting, just, always around flirting. Yeah, <laughs> just sure. like <laughs> around. You know what I'm saying? Like, but never like, like around. That's the best way I could put it. Like, right. You and Tavares, yeah, mm-hmm. were always around, but I didn't really know y'all like that. Never I didn't really know Tavares like that either. You didn't. <laughs> well, I knew Tavares through like Tristan, of right? Course. But I had first moved out to LA. This had to be around 2012 when I first moved to LA. Oh. This is when you first moved out here. Mm-hmm. I moved here in 2012. Oh, I've known you for like eight years. I know of you for eight. Um, years. You've been ignoring me for eight years. I moved here from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Oh, okay. Brooklyn. Oh, so you're from New York? Yeah, I'm from New York. Oh, you're from the East Coast. Man, this explains her energy. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this makes more sense. This makes yeah. more sense. So makes Mr. More Ross sense. has been ignoring me for eight there years. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just like I knew she was. Um, and I think it was around, I remember seeing you at, one of Jabari's parties when he first started throwing parties. Oh, yeah. He was throwing, he was doing his bicoastal thing. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He threw like, he, it's this, the this Dragonfly, was, some event. It was before it was, that. It was like a small venue. It was before that. It was before okay. the Dragonfly. So this is, you know, we know Jabari now, R&B only, colors. Yeah. I knew it, Jabari when he was a uh, snitch, when his name was like the Lil, Lil Sneak or something like that. And he used yeah. to like be a media correspondent for like Hip Hop Game. And he was still in, in Howard. Like, oh, this was, I wow. knew, I've known Jabari for a really long time. Wow. When I was an intern at Def Jam. That's wild. So yeah. got, we're going to talk about all this. So, and it, was, so it wasn't even R&B only. It wasn't colors as we know it today. It was. It was by, a surprise party? It was tonight. It was called Tonight. Okay. He had. Threw up like a, he had like this email listserv and then he'll put out this notice and say, yo, I'm, you know, doing a party we're, tonight. We're doing a party tonight. It was like his pop-up party. A pop-up yeah. party, bro. And we, and, you know, went. Oh, that's, that's a fire idea. He, it was fire, bro. And it, it made sense because he was collecting like emails. emails. He's collecting emails. He was so strategic. Yeah. Look at where he is now, right? Yeah. But and, so he can sell at the Hollywood Palladium because yeah. he, he, to him, like it didn't matter about like money. It was like, okay, everyone's going to get free, be like coming free, but I need their email addresses. Yep. Like he can go on Facebook. He's like a marketing advertising genius. He knows like algorithms that like Mark Zuckerberg probably don't even know what to <laughs> right. do with Facebook. About his own but right. but yeah, like he, like, I'm like, bro, how do you sell out a party in London in like, how do you get the market? Like Hawaii, like places that like he don't, he's never like, not he's never mm-hmm. been, but it's like. Yeah. He, and he doesn't have, have a huge like social media yeah. following, following, you know, and culture yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. And he's able to sell out, do a full tour. And I'm yeah. like on tour with artists and he's right behind me selling out the same yeah. venues, which is his parties in, in major cities. That's fire. Bro, the yeah. last time I went, I went in 2018 mm-hmm. and it evolved so much from when we used to go yeah. in like 20. 20- 
his his vision of all that evolved. It's crazy. That's amazing. And what I was doing the door. You were at the door, and yeah. I was like, she looks familiar, ah. knowing that it was Cece. But I was like, nah. Yeah. But I didn't really talk to Cece. I didn't like. I didn't know her for her to be like, oh, I know who you are. I was probably like ten dollars, fool. <laughs> <laughs> nope, because it was free. Remember? Right. He came in early. <laughs> oh, came in before whatever the money started getting charged. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I had to get in there. And well, actually, shout out to Jabari. Shout out to Jabari. Yo. Yeah. Shout out. Just, he's, I would literally say he's like the one who kind of ushered in the culture of parties that we see today. Yeah. Because remember, you used to charge, I mean, we threw parties. Yeah. You could charge for parties. Now, no one's charging for parties until a certain time. Mm-hmm. People are collecting emails. You can't RSVP for a lot of functions for more than one person. Right. Mm-hmm. It, the yeah. culture of parties has changed. The value yeah. is the in, value is in, in the, the contact. The contact. Yeah. Yeah. And I think now we're even evolving where now the value is in phone numbers, not even emails yeah. anymore. And then you have platforms like community and things like that too. Yeah. Yeah, because people and artists want the, they know like the power is in having direct contact and access and database to like your fans directly because, you know, Instagram, it's, if someone misses it, they miss it, you know, yeah. but if you can directly say DM all of your followers, then that's, that's different. So yeah. that's what they try to do with like community and, and right. email addresses and things Man, like that. Fire. Yeah. So. so I guess you saw me at Jabari's parties. Yeah. Doing the door working. I'm always like. Mm. You know, she on the grind. She grinding. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and that's the thing about it. Like, I think we come into these spaces. You know, we'll get into what you do and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But just we come into these spaces and I think we often overlook the people who don't seem to be the face of something. You know? Yeah, and, that's important. And just in my experience, interning in the past, yeah, I know a lot of people who have, who are the reason why a lot of these people are, are on the forefront. But they right. don't get seen. They aren't the ones with millions of followers they're yeah. the right. ones that you see at chipotle you know, oh my gosh let me take a picture with you right. you know what i mean and i feel like we need to do more i mean we don't necessarily have to it really doesn't matter but just recognizing the work and effort that goes in you know what i mean behind so the scenes, behind yeah. the scenes yeah. and tamara's yeah. definitely one of those key people in this industry you know what i mean so yeah um where else did, where, where else um i think that was yeah that's i mean that's how i know who you are yeah yeah mm-hmm. i know miss gives us crying yeah shout out to the homie the, Giz yeah. I need to co- hey, Giz hey. if you listening bro I gotta connect with you we were supposed to get up you know after the holidays I'm gonna hit you bro hey, I should Giz, hit you right what's now what's up bro mm-hmm. I ain't seen I ain't seen the boy Giz in a it's been minute years, minute how you doing brother hope you are listening to this <laughs> what's up man we'll send it to him hopefully he's responding out loud mm-hmm. as he's listening <laughs> yeah really yeah so yeah that, that's my intro to so both of y'all that's how you know her yes. and that's how you know me yep Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, up, man? Um, connection. So, you know, I reached out to you. Um, I was about to say CC. Um, Tamara. T Boogie. I was about to say oh, full government. That, uh, AKA T Boogie. I like T Boogie. You is know, that? a lot of guys call me T Boogie. That's what's I up. guess like a, new, a lot of New York guys be like, "It was good, T Boogie." I don't know. It's a Bronx thing. That's what I know. It's a Bronx thing. So yeah, you know, just really want to get you on as I talked about just um, just looking at just your progression over the years from what I know, yes. uh, things I've learned about you along the way. I think it's just really dope and really things important. Things you learned about me today. Today? Yeah, right, Man. exactly. Yeah, no, for <laughs> real. We talked about a lot. I didn't know you worked at a liquor store either. Um, <laughs> you know, so just to really, I think, take time to get to know you, your journey. Um, I think, especially us being in LA, there's a lot that people um, aspire to when it even comes to the industry itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you've been able to, from what I've seen, of course, once again, yeah. maintain who you are um, yeah. They stick to your core values. Yes. Um, not saying that you know. Of course, there's ups and downs. There's challenges along the way, but you've been able to withstand a lot of that. So yeah. And just hearing where you are now, as far as purpose and all that, I think anyone else can look on and think, man, that's the life I want to live. I want to be in the know. I want to 
all these things mm-hmm. you know but I'm trying to be in the knot you know like i don't want to know nobody <laughs> but but that's the thing like, that's a beautiful thing because it's, it's one of those things people aspire to but don't really understand and get yeah. a chance to hear about you know yeah. so i understand yeah so where do you want to start let's start at the beginning like um, when i was a twinkle in my mother's eye yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like tell us where you come from tell us where you in come from in west philadelphia you know what i'm saying <laughs> Okay, um, so I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, was raised in East New York, you know, typical upbringing. Went to junior high school, high school. Mm-hmm. High school is where, like, things kind of started to unfold for me. Um, whenever I, I talk about my life and my journey, it always starts with uh, my mentor, Erica Ford. So Erica Ford um, is very well known in Queens in terms of uh, your dad knows Erica. Yep, he yeah, does. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so she's like an advocate for for youth at risk youth in like gun violence and stuff. Yeah. So um, the turning point for me was I got into this fight. My friend Michelle, shout out to my friend Michelle because I'm gonna make her listen to this. She got into this fight and um, everyone got arrested. So many people got arrested. Like the police just like came and arrested everyone and you were involved in this fight too i wasn't involved in a fight michelle beat this girl up and um i was just there you know she didn't need my help and so (laughs) they they arrested a bunch of people and we went to jail and erica came and got us out of jail and she made the principal come and get us and she was like you need to go down to the wait did you know erica at this time no i didn't know this lady oh wow so this random lady's at at the jail fighting to like get us out and i'm like i don't care as long as she gets me out of jail and so she gets us out of jail and then we get out and she's like, you know, you guys need to like fight against the police at the school. And I'm like, heard you. Right. I'm like, I feel you. And I'm so I'm it. like, yeah, exactly. So um, and then at the same time, there was a kid that had got killed. He was 15 years old. He got stabbed. And so it was just like a real chaotic time in high school. And um, so she created this program called Life Love Ignites Freedom Through Education. And so she was very popular growing up in Queens on the music scene. So Ja Rule was somebody that she made adopt the nonprofit organization. And so Ja Rule was like the face of it. And, you know, we were the kids that represented the organization. And so it really had no structure. It was just basically like, let's just all meet and talk about our feelings, what we're going through, right? Like we're all mourning the death of Taquan Cheese Jackson. And, you know, we're fighting against, you know, the, the excessive force of like the school system. Like she organized like a walkout with the kids. And so from there, it was just like, we trust her, you know, we love her. She has our back. She's not like the other adults. Um, so her and I became really, really close. And I remember it was like my senior year. She took me to the source awards with her. And so this was, she was like an advocate for the source magazine on their youth department, you know? And so she was like, I'm going to take you with me to the source. First time I got on a plane, went to Miami. And so from, how old were you? Um, I was a senior in high school, so I was probably about like 17. Um, so I had known her from like maybe my junior year. So we were like two years in, I was like her assistant. Like she just saw something in me and kept me closer, closest to her, um, out of all the students. Um, and I'm grateful for that. So we went to the source awards and, um, I got like a firsthand look at the music industry 
Yeah. And so, and this lady, Tracy Wynn, um, who does like PR for like Kim Kardashian now, she was working at a company called 5WPR at the time. Erica was like, you're going to shadow her today. And so I'm like on the red carpet for like the Source Awards. And I'm in like Tim's a Mesquite jeans. Remember when Mesquite yeah, was like Mesquine, a brand yeah. back then? Mm-hmm. Mesquite jeans, Mesquite shirt, like fresh, like doobie wrap, like just like straight Brooklyn. Straight Brooklyn. Right. And so Tracy's like, yeah. I need you to walk these artists down the red carpet. I don't know what that means. But she meant like talk to the press, introduce them or whatever. And I remember she was like little Kim. She was little Kim's publicist also. And she's like. Um, you know, little Kim can't get out the car until she gets double sided duct tape. And I'm at like this arena, have no idea where to get double sided duct tape from. And I'm just like running around and I see like production and I'm like, I need double sided duct tape. And so like, that was like my first task, like in the music business, like little Kim is not getting out of the car until Until you get her double sided duct tape. tape. Right. And it's like, I don't have time to like go to the store. Like (laughs) cell phones were just like Nokia phones back then. You couldn't like Google it. Uber, Postmates. Right. You couldn't do it back then. So I found it and I was just like, that was like my stamp of like, getting into the game but it started from like my relationship with erica mm-hmm. um being in her taking me with her to the source awards so before you go further in that when like po- like before this fight who were you like what was it that you were wanting from your life at that point if you, um, you have any idea? i was a music head okay right like i'm a jukebox like you can play any song like and i know it back to back like i used to go to a library print lyrics out so i always loved music and i love dance mm. so if, in my mind like in junior high school high school i always thought like i was going to be on tour like as a dancer um i would dance be on a step team track team you know i was just like i was very like personable very loud like it would be seven o'clock in the morning and i'm like yelling on the bus for no reason so I was like that person. I was a flirt. Still am. Used to be. Um, I used to be. <laughs> I used to just be like a flirt. And I was the girl that was just like in school, like with her scarf on. Insubordinate was a word that they used a lot. Right. And so I was just I did the work that I had to do. But I was also like very like wild. And so mm. Erica would call me her wild child. Mm. I didn't I didn't I loved people. I loved my friends. I would never get into a fight. I just didn't like authority figures, right? I would oh, I went like, I went like Tara Gross when he was coming up. Yeah. I wouldn't like <laughs> fight my peers. I would more so like go against the teachers yeah. and authority. Right. You know, they would like take your scarf off. I'd be like, I'm Muslim. You know, like oh, I can't yeah, right. Yeah. You know, like you can't make me take my scarf. Yeah. I used to always like sure. argue with people. Yeah. Um so when I did go to high school, I was in school for law because I was like, you know what? I love a good argument. Like, let's let's be a lawyer. So I was in the mix of like natural, naturally, like you have to have like a real education and a real goal. And it's like be a lawyer. But in my dreams of like the fantasy world, it was like I can be on tour as like a backup dancer. Like that was because mm. I used to like watch music videos like, you know, like the box and um MTV, MTV, like it, back in the days, it was like 20 channels that had music videos. And I would just memorize it by heart. And one else I used Park. to always <laughs> watch MTV jams. I would come home. I remember this middle school. I would come home, bro, and just watch that in 106 and Park yeah. and Rap City, the basement. Right, all day. Sita's World. It was like so many, like it was just TV was just like music. Then BET Uncut, yeah. if it was late, music videos was like crucial in the early 2000s. Yeah. So yeah. I was like That's a very facts. energetic high school person. Uh-huh. Um, loved my friends. Never loved being like home. I used to like love being on Jamaica Avenue or being in the village, in the city, just like mm-hmm. out. Like I just had energy at that age. Mm. So 
So so then she she brings you to Miami for the Source Awards. Yes. What was that experience for you? Like knowing that you loved music so much was that? Because I mean, I would imagine it was like, surreal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like she's, it was surreal. She yeah. pulls you out of this space and it's kind of pushing, not pushing, but like encouraging you of like this advocacy route social justice route right but then has this connection to the entertainment the industry, industry to be yeah. able to fly you to miami yeah and be in the mix right and it was it was shocking because like that whole time like i just see people on you know tv and so at mm. that point it was like it, like you know the biggest stars at that time were just like there like and it just like literally like you plucked me up from the ghetto of East New York, Brooklyn and Southside mm -hmm. Jamaica, Queens. And now I'm in Miami. Trees are different. They had mustard on their McDonald's burgers. And that was a shock to me. Like, mm -hmm. it was just like, just like the little things you feel shocked Whoa. about, you know? And so <laughs> that's when I fell in love. And I was like, you know what? This is what I, this is what I want to do. Like, I know yeah. I've wanted to work in the music business, like as a dancer, but forget all that like i want to be yeah. there's a business to it that was your first connection yeah to your purpose. and you were and exposed i was yeah. exposed to exposure it right. is key. and that's when i went back to my guidance counselor miss barnes and i was like i know what i want to do like forget all the other college applications i did i want to work in music business like i remember going to her office like like waiting for her to, to get there you know your mm. guidance counselor is the one that has to like really help you with your college yeah. education yeah. and so i was like i want to be in music business she's like okay, I know the perfect college for you to go to. And she was like, Five Towns College. And she, you know, like in the books, you know, when you look, pick colleges, they have like the different books and the curriculums for the different schools. Yeah. She pulled out the book and showed me and it was like artist management, uh, uh, music, like uh, publishing, licensing, oh, wow. touring, music marketing, royalties, music business contracts. Like those are all the courses. And I was like, sign me up like I, yeah. I felt it in my bones you know like that's this, amazing like you know like the thing that gets your heart beating like this is yeah. what i want to do wow and so um that was the only school i applied to and it was two hours away in dick sales long island and i didn't have a car and it was just like how are you gonna get back and forth it was like who cares you know I'm, like I'm we'll figure, figure it out, out. Yeah. so erica had uh one of her her co you know people that was working with us and this lady named natalie she drove me to the school like it was like an hour drive it was like two hour commute and so i took a test and that was it and i got the acceptance letter and i was like so it was like wow. the, the you know yeah. like the, the the meme that's going around now like the the reaction like i opened up my letter and it said accepted and i was just like this is where my life starts you mm, know like it's right. like it's like the movie like that would be like the beginning credits yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and so I was so excited and I didn't care like how I was going to get there. I didn't care. It was a private school, so it was expensive. I don't know what expensive. It was like 10K uh, a year, but you know, that's when. I mean, back then. Yeah, I like if my mom got five kids, single mom, it's like, who's paying $10,000 a year for you to go to college? Wow. Yeah. And I'm the first person in my family to go to college. And I think the only person in my family to go to college. So mm -hmm. it was like, no one cares. It's new ground, yeah. Right. And so I was just like, no, this is what I have to do. Like, yeah. Like this is exciting. Like I'm so like and I went to school happy. Man, yeah. that's that's that is phenomenal. And this I always think like story. all those steps just kinda got me to Five Towns College and mm -hmm. from there got into Def Jam as my internship. See, and that's the the thing that's so cool about your experience in that and granted, I don't know what your academic um, performance was or anything like that. It wasn't that. the best. We just talked just about passed. how that could be irrelevant, mm -hmm. to be right. honest. But you were driven by recognizing what your purpose is. So when right. you were in school, you knew 
you tried to figure out the code of what you needed skill wise for you to right. use those things. And right. then you had experience as a platform to continue to fuel what you're learning in school. Yeah. Because you're already exposed to the culture, to the people with Erica being around industry. Yeah. And so any yeah. even that like Ja Rule played a, a huge part because people like BJ, um, Henrock, Diamond Dex Diamond, like they like Erica was so close with me. Like yeah. they knew like I was like little Erica, you mm. know? Mm. So when it came time to like, I was in the nightclubs at, at 16 years old, like with, cause Jabu was performing. Erica had me with her. Like it's two in the morning. Like my mom, my, my mother doesn't even care. Like wow. that I'm at speed or, you know, walking around with the head of promotions at murder Inc at the time, like just, just shadowing them, you know? Right. And I felt like it was a seed that was planted like at a young age that, you know, just needed that, that, that phase of being watered and that was like that four-year college education internship because yeah. it was like the seed was planted like this is what you're going to do this is what you're th this is what it is and then now you have to nurture it and, and take the time to learn it yeah. take the time to learn it so what? yeah what? so taking the time to learn it meant um my four years interning at def jam got it yeah what do you feel like um what advice would you give people who want to get in the industry? Because obviously, I mean, getting into the industry is very difficult. You know, your and motives. Think, yeah. Oh, okay. I you think already, it starts yeah. with your motives. Like mm -hmm. for me, it was just feeling, I don't, I, at, at that time, I don't know what my motives were. Um, mm -hmm. But I just knew like once I, I met Tracy Wynn and then we had lunch at Houston's or something. Yeah. And she was just telling me like what it's going to take. And that, that adrenaline rush of like, finding double-sided duct tape was just like, it just stuck with me, mm, you know? Yeah. And, and critical thinking on the yeah, spot, and just, figure and just it solve out, problem solving, thrown in the fire. You know? Yep. So once I knew I wanted to work in the music business after talking to Tracy, cause she was just like, you know, you gotta, she was telling me about her experiences. I was like, you know what? I can do this. And being around like murder Inc and on all the guys being at crack house, crack house studios two in the morning. It, it was just something that like in that tender age of like maybe 16 to 17, you know, like where your brain is like really absorbing things and direction. It was like, that's what I was around, mm -hmm. you know? And, to see like songs being made in a studio like that became like home to me and comfortable and so i was like no i really want to do this did, did did uh being in brooklyn at all any point in time like i'm not sure the culture and the dynamic of mm -hmm. just the space back then was that far-fetched for like your peers as far as you being that yeah. involved in the industry at that point yeah because i feel like people would just kind of put their project like jay-z said it before right like people putting their projections on you and i felt like people thought that i was more snobby you know or like mm -hmm. oh you think you're all that because you know you're at def jam you know and that's when def jam had like jay-z was the president la reed was the ceo they had like rihanna as a new artist neo kanye mariah like def jam was the label mm -hmm. like yeah. It was the label like you had Atlantic Records and Jive and like all these other places. But Def Jam was like number one. And so being there every day or going to these concerts, having access to things. Social media wasn't was it was Prevalent. it what it was, what it yeah. was back then. But just like, you know, if you're in school, like people really don't care. But just like from like maybe personal friends or family, it just kind of felt like like you just think like you're all that, mm. you know, what impact did that have on you? Um, it just made me not care because I felt like w I'm not doing anything that's hurting anybody. Right. Like I'm in school for this. Like I'm, like, 
on that. Like, mm. like I'm, I'm in a building where like decisions are made. I remember a couple of times being in LA Reed's office when like Jeremiah came in, like my friend Dolly Bishop discovered him on MySpace and introduced him to Boo Akon's brother. But I remember Jeremiah coming into LA Reed's office and auditioning, mm. you know, and him leaving the room and us saying what we thought about it, you know, or LA Reed playing a single and, getting everyone's opinion opinion about it like do we want neo miss independent or you know i'll be your boyfriend and i wanted a boyfriend at the time so yeah. i was like i like this single. that was the hit for you, you know yeah. and and just feeling like i don't care what people in brooklyn thinks because when la reed is making the decision he makes a, a point to call my boss sherry bryant to have me come in his office to get my opinion mm. or you know or when swag and surf came out um was it so fly I think the guys are their names. Mm-hmm. Um, the swag star. Yeah, the swag, and I'm sorry. Like, oh, yeah. man, I got this. I remember they they were in the building. L.A. Reid used to tell me and Dolly to come in his office and like do the dance, and yeah. like because he wanted to show it to like a new A and R, you know. And and so those things that were so impactful silenced the voice of anybody in Brooklyn, New York, you wow. know, that's trying to like yeah. put me down or make me feel bad about accomplishing my dreams. Do you ever reflect on the relationships that you might have? Um, lost in the process of going towards success no f- no Mm-mm. why not because i have friends that i've been friends with since i have friends that i've known for 20 years i have friends that i've known for 17 years yeah. and those friendships like mean the most to me right um i've lost a lot of friends but i don't take it as a loss it was like you know people are in your life for certain reasons and seasons and I'm still here. They're still flourishing and doing what they're doing. Just yeah. because you're not together doesn't mean like anybody did anything wrong to each other mm-hmm. or bad, you know, like I just focus on just the process of growth. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I'd rather have like three or four great friendships than a bunch of friends that I don't even know, or we're not that deep and intimate yeah. with. So was that something you felt like you knew already? Or is that something you had to grow and like learn and adapt um honestly i felt that as a woman in this business you just have to be a soldier right and so i've been single also like my entire life because i felt like you have to be laser focused and you can't let your emotions like really pull you into like different making bad decisions you know like away from your purpose yeah and so i knew like when i started working with cortez like i was living in miami i was on the road a lot there was no way i was gonna hold a relationship down when men are hella insecure and they're like i don't like you in a studio all night with wayne and drake and you you you're on tour you're on the road with these guys you know like i didn't have time for i didn't want it i was like focused on a mission so i felt like I didn't care about holding on to like certain relationships. It was more so like you got to be heartless almost. And, and you, and as a woman, you can't be weak and be like, okay, well I'm not going to do this because I'm in love. And you know, I really want to work with my boyfriend and you know, it's just, you know, you want to make sure like you just have to be army focused where it's like no feelings, like no strings attached, like, like happy birthday, mom. I'll see you when I see you. But I feel like that was what kept me focused is by, living in this world and not like holding the emotional baggage of like trying to live in both. I had to just like cut it off. That's so interesting. I had a conversation with the homie and that was something we kind of discussed the book out the alchemist. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you read the book? So like the main character Santiago basically Uh has to like leave 
and go on this journey, right, yeah. of just life. And the reason why we brought that up into the conversation is because there is this element of at least once upon a time, when you became of age, you went out and lived life. You weren't always around your parents. You weren't coming back to them. You weren't right. going back to the same community. You're going on your own journey, forging your own Move way. Forward. You may see your parents at like a celebration or some tradition or whatever right. it may be. But it's almost as if now we have this dependency where like where our parents are, where we come from is our base. Not base, but that's where we have to stay connected. We have yeah. to be within reach. We have to stay updated. Yeah. We have to yeah. do all that. So just hearing you talk about your journey, it reminds me of that because yeah. I think even hearing that because I'm in a different space now, I, I receive it a lot differently than I think like, well, what about that? Is that not important for you to be home? Is that not important for all these elements? But I think, I mean, more so can you speak to, I guess what that means as far as being willing to step aside and not feel as though those relationships are being well, forgotten. for me, like my home life, like wasn't something that I was like indulging in. Like my mom had a, we had a three bedroom apartment, um, it, my mom had five kids, you know, so I shared a room with my sister. My mom had a boyfriend that we didn't like. So I felt like for me, cause I was going to school, I was interning and I was working full time. So for me, I just kind of like kept myself busy, you know, like that mean mentality. Like I can't wait to get successful and I'm a shit on mm -hmm. all y'all niggas. Mm -hmm. Like that was just like <laughs> right. my mindset. So I would like wake up at six in the morning and come home at like maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, um, so I kind of detached myself from that. And it was just like either in the morning I was at school or I was at work or I was at Def Jam after school or, you know, or I was doing something, you know, but I wasn't sitting in the house. Um, my mom also like became somewhat of a hoarder because she didn't like people and her, my grandfather had passed away. So she was dealing with it um, in that aspect. So my house wasn't comfortable for me to be in. You know, it wasn't like sit on the couch, watch TV because there's bags of clothes on the couch because she doesn't want nobody in her living room. Like she just started to have mm. like different like depression and mental things. So mm -hmm. I wasn't home and I didn't care to be home. And then when I did go home, it's like I'm sharing a room with my sister who I don't like, who I hate. We fight her all the time. Um, and so it was like grind. It was like that was on my mind. Like yeah. no boyfriends, no relationships. Like because I didn't want I, at that age is I had friends that was like, and, and my mom and her boyfriend also that would be like breaking up, getting back together. Like emotions like mentally make you crazy. And I saw that and I was like, break up with him. You're going back like you're so stupid. Like, you have no control over yourself. Where You know what I'm saying? But mm. that emotion, I was like, oh, I don't want that. You, you, you got a chance to see in on how that was yeah, affecting and, those environments. Affecting people. Yeah. And especially with my friends. And I was like, you're making a dumb decision. Like you don't like... But like, you know, or just like he cheated on me, but especially you're young. I just I just didn't like the feeling of my emotions controlling me. And so that's why I've like been single for a long time, always. Um, but I don't I didn't have that. I don't want nothing holding me back, like mm -hmm. no family, emotional ties, no friends ties. It was like at Def Jam every single day. Like, I'm going to get this work. So you feel like you're. Those experiences that you had maybe even connected to your family are almost a product of My why your work ethic is so, yeah. So, like, yeah. it seems like your work ethic is really important to you. Yeah. I mean, and I loved what I did. Like, yeah. there's no other reason why you're going to work four years for free for a company that's not paying you mm -hmm. with no promise of, like, a job at the end. Yeah. Um, and I also almost didn't want a job once I was done my internship, because my internship allowed me to come and go as I please for the most part. And it's like, it wasn't about the money. 
was like, who's going to give away free help? Right. Yeah. And so, and it was like, someone told me like, don't think of it as them using you. You have to think of it as you using them. You're yeah. using them for the contacts, the information, Exposure, the skill set, yeah. the, the the marketing templates. The, yeah. I learned how to do expensive. I learned how to do travel itineraries. Like I learned the meat and potatoes of what I do, how to be detailed, execute, figure it out, find a plan, you know, during my years at Def Jam. And that was like my music business education outside of like being in school being in for class, it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so you went to five towns. Five towns. You graduated. Business degree in music business. Business degree in the music business. Yeah. What happens next? Um, so at Def Jam for four years, and um, I couldn't intern anymore because I graduated. And HR was like, you've, I've, you've been here, right? <laughs> like, you don't work here. It's a liability. Like, you can't just keep coming as a visitor every day and working. Imagine, like going to a company every day like hey i'm here to see such and such they call up such and such and you're like hey uh, i have tamara downstairs like okay you can let her up give you a business pass you go and you're working you know what i'm saying you're just like walking around the building doing things getting approval and it's like you don't work here right yeah. it's like right like you're a business like she doesn't four, even go here right for four years <laughs> that's what i did you know yeah. and it's like you don't you don't work here like you have no right like the information that you have, like the knowledge that you have, you're a guest and you mm -hmm. come here every day to work. Like that's invasive. And yeah. so I did it for four years and HR was like, no, like, like it's a liability on me. Like I would not be doing my job as human resources if I continue to allow you to come here. So I graduated in May around September before my 22nd birthday. Um, HR was like, you're banned from the building. Like you just can't come up anymore. And so wow. my supervisor was trying to figure out a way to make me a consultant and to be a consultant, I had to get paid and it was like budgets and like all this stuff. And so I was just like, whatever. Um, and then in Jane, and that's, I was kind of figure out what I was going to do next. I had graduated music business degree, um, four years of internship, had an amazing reputation with everyone at the label. Um, and I still have that same relationship today. And I was just like, what am I going to do? And I'm just at the hotel. So I was working at a hotel also okay. while going to school and interning. Got it. So I'm at the hotel. Like, this is depressing. I was a PBX operator, so I would answer the phone. I'd be like, hi, thank you for calling Hotel Mellows. Tamara speaking. How may I direct your call? And I would just like transfer the calls. It was super easy, super wow. simple. Um, That's and a lot. so. It's a lot, a lot of um, time you're putting in. Well, at the time, I was best friends with a girl named Karina Passion. And so Karina was signed to Def Jam and Karina was friends with Lil Twist. Mm. He had liked her. He had a crush on her and he was like, come to this tour or whatever. And it was like America's Most Wanted Tour, Little Wind, 2009, the summer. And so we went to the tour and then me and Twist became cool because obviously like he liked my friend and I was like a few years older than Karina. So he'd be like, man, what's up with your girl? You know, like yeah, he would always yeah. like hit me to try to be like, yo, talk Plug to her. Me, what's up? Yeah. And she was a little younger. So she's like, she couldn't just like do things on her own. Right. So like her dad would trust that if I was with her, that it was fine. Yeah. So um, built a relationship with a little twist. And I was like, you know, what? I believe in you. And I was like, I'm going to do this marketing plan on you based on the things that I learned that at Def Jam. Wow. Right. So it's like touring, branding, marketing, digital. And I would like created this like 20 page marketing plan and I gave it to him. Didn't even know if I can do the things on there. And, but I was just like, I have to figure out something. Hmm. Sent it to him. He sent it to his mom and Tez. And I became cool with his friend Zay, little Zay. 
And uh, one day I remember just like January 10, 2010. One day I remember the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some random day at this time, at this um, second where I was I doing this. I remember just like being home and reading a book. I think I was reading Twilight books. That's when like Twilight Saga was like pretty popping back then. I used to read a lot of books because in New York you can ride the train and you know you were you weren't on your phone. Yeah, like, yeah. You had to that was the culture. Yeah, yeah. For like a thirty-minute train mm-hmm. ride, so I read a lot. And I was home, and I remember like Zay just like kept calling me, and I was like, "What does he want?" Like, and then he Facetimed me, and then like the third time I picked up, and Tez was there, and I was just like, "Tez, I was like, you need to hire me, like as your assistant." And you knew who he was already, right? Because he had the red glasses on. So and and That's he was signature. like, yeah. "Right, that was his signature look." And I was like, I, I interned at Def Jam, and at the time I was like sitting outside of Al Branch's office, who was like a partner of his. I was like, Al Branch knows me, and he was on the phone. Al Branch was like, "Ask Al about me." I was like, went crazy, and Tess was like, "Who are you?" Like I just like saw him, and I just went ballistic. I was like, I sent him it was like iChat right yeah. back in the days. And so I like screamed, like I sent him my resume and I was like, my resume, Zay, show it to him. And then Tess was just like, who are you? Like, and then so he was like, I'm coming to New York the next to tomorrow. And I was like, I'm going to pick you up from the airport. I didn't have a car. And I was like, and he was like, no, thank you. And then I was like, <laughs> I was like, are you staying at the London Hotel? I was like, because that's where all the rich niggas stay. And, I know, and I'm 22 years old. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just like wild. I'm like. I know that's where you stand. All of us niggas stay there. Like, like it's it, right? Like he was giving it. He was right. selling it. I right. Love yeah. it. And so that ne- that whole fearlessness. Day, that right. whole day, like Twist is like, all right, because Twist ended up coming with him to New York from Miami. He's like, we're here, and I was like, yes, I'm gonna meet Tez. And so Tez was, uh, I mean, Twist was like trying to get in the studio and I but, like but Twist was already signed to Young Money yeah, at this time yeah he was okay. signing Young okay. Money and so I was so it was like I need a studio and I'm like okay I could do that right like execute and I hit Lenny S and I was like I need a studio and I hit him and he's like here use Just Play Studio so I was like I got you a studio and I'm trying to just like do everything yeah. so Tez can hire me and um, got him a studio and I remember like me and Tez went downstairs to the bar and we were just like talking and this was like so far gone. Drake was already out, and Tez is getting ready for like his album. So I'm like talking like marketing to Tez so he can think I'm smart. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just dropped so far gone to test the market just to like see. You know, I'm just talking to him, and he then he 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 became fond of me. You mm-hmm. know, and he's like, look, um, I like you. I think you're dope, but Twist is a new artist. You know, and um, I can't like put you on a salary. Like he's still growing. You know, so right. let's just stay in contact and. You know, we'll see where it goes. And so I'm like, okay, cool. So then, like, a few days later, Twisted a video shoot in Miami. And Tez was like, all right, you can come out. And so he flew me out. It was like one day, called out of work, didn't care. You know, so I went to Miami for um, this video shoot, just, like, working, you know, just, like, making sure, taking care of Twist, just yeah. being extra focused. Um, did that, and then it was like, okay, cool. It's like, I think, like, with Tez, it was like, okay, you passed that test. Yeah, yeah. And then I was already coming to L.A. for Grammy week, and he was like, all right, cool. Like, I'll see you out there. Quinta came out to L.A. for Grammy week. So, hold on. Like, why were you coming to L.A. for Grammy oh, week? Oh, my friend Cheyenne. was my friend Cheyenne's birthday. Okay. Uh, Pop, Pop, you know, I don't know if you know Jake and Pop, but. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm yeah, from Brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, it was his birthday. We was friends. Like, they were signed to Def Jam at the time. Got it. Got the it. group brothers. So, me and them, uh, me and the group were friends. So I was like, you know what, Cheyenne? I'm going to come out, celebrate your birthday. His birthday is February 1st. So, I was like, coming. So, came out here. And this was like, oh, so many memories. It was like, that's when Justin Bieber did the baby, baby video mm-hmm. shoot at City Walk. Um, it was Grammy week. And so I was just like, you know, 
I'm just going to be with Twist, you know. And Tess was so busy at the time because he was working with Drake and Wayne right, and right. Yeah. running Young Money. And Twist and was like 16, you know, and he required so a lot of support. Yeah. yeah. yeah and then and so the album him, just had We Are Young Money probably just dropped. Yeah, like not exactly. Too long ago. Exactly. Yeah. So the thing We Are Young Money dropped like that 2009. They yeah. were on that tour with Wayne. Yeah. Where you know, they everyone had like two minutes yeah. to do a song. Yep. And yeah. 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 yeah, and this was like, all right, Drake was first in line to go. Yeah. Um, and so that's the era that I came into Young Money with. And so um, did that, was out here. It was like just taking care of Twist. You know, Tess is busy running around. I was just like getting Twist clothes ready, you know, making sure he was straight. And then Tess was like, all right, we're going to Miami. And this was like when the Saints were in the Super Bowl. 2010 yeah and so and this was around the time wayne was supposed to go to jail too okay so went to miami i had packed like two outfits worth to stay in la and i was like i guess i'm going to miami like you know figure it out you know so went to miami it was in miami for like two weeks so wait <laughs> you still had this job though um did you have the job no i didn't have the job okay, you okay. Have the job so by you the time i the came out yeah so the situation happened where i was like i met cortez and i was like okay you know what I really want to work with him full time, but he can't like he could afford it. Right. right? But right. he wasn't going to pay me full time because Twist was still developing. Right. So I was trying to figure out a way to like keep my job, but not work. Right. And a fortunate situation happened where um, I got laid off, but they agreed to give me unemployment right. because they were isn't wrong. God, isn't God Amazing. Gracious. So yeah. I was Man. I was and at that time I was young. So I was getting like three, four hundred dollars a week, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't have you rent. Didn't much, I didn't have yeah. bills. You had a sixty dollar phone bill, you yeah. know, at the time. So um I just was like, okay, cool. And then Tess was like, throw me money here and there, like here's fifteen hundred. And I thought that was a lot of money back then. Yeah. Right? I think that's right. a lot of money now. What you <laughs> right. mean? You know, but I'm like young and I'm like, that. dang, I got a comma in my bank account. And he would just be like <laughs> All right, here's 2000 you know, and yeah. he would just, like, throw me mm-hmm. money, like, here and there. But I never complained. Um, CJ, who works with Drake, told me from the beginning, he's like, just never complain. Like, that's just, like, the key to success. And we was just in Miami. And then Tess just, I guess, just kind of felt like I was good. Like, he can just trust me, and I wasn't working at the time. That's how things, like, aligned up. And so I was just with Twist, like, at yeah, Wayne's house. Yeah, you built house. all that credibility. Yeah, and so... Mm-hmm. Wayne went to jail. And so it was like, it was like the beginning of like getting things going with me working with Tez and Twist. Mm-hmm. And then like it stopped. And so I came back to New York <laughs> and um, just was back in my mom's apartment. You so know? Wayne going to jail kind of put a halt on like yeah. a lot of things at that yeah. point. Okay. But you know, I met Tez in January. Wayne went to jail in like March. I think there was a few times he kept going to right. court. The yeah. house went on fire. It was yeah. like a bunch of different things. Of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is like he didn't go. I think that's the third time he actually went to turn himself in, he went in. And this was like around March. Um, and so I was just like back in New York, you know, but it was like no job. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to the liquor store. And then so So how'd you feel in that time that you went back? Like did you yeah. what did you feel about where you were at that point? I felt like I enjoyed it. It was like another confirmation that, okay, I'm on the right path. I'm doing something that I feel like I want to do. Okay. Um, during that time, got into like a, a short relationship. Um, but I was just like, when Wayne come home, baby girl, <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> and so, um, you know what? The biggest thing too was just like, I had to make a hard decision because there was a situation where Linnaeus approached me to work for Adrian Phylon, Phylon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she was doing a movie at the time with Ja Rule, um, 
the dating a preacher's girl. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've seen that movie. So Lenny was like, yo, mind you. So I'm like starting with Tez, but, um, I'm not there yet. Like Wayne's in jail and I'm home. And so he approached me with this opportunity, like, yo, I got a job. Like, if you want to do it, like, she's super amazing. I met with her in person Mm -hmm. and I was like all in. And I was just like, okay, she was shooting the movie in L.A. for like a few weeks or like a month. And I hit Tez. I was like, are you okay? Like, if I just like go away for like a month, you know, like you ain't doing nothing anyway. Like, can I just go? And he was like. I mean, you can do that, but, you know, we about to start rolling with twists, so if you want to, you could do it. And then I was like, dang. And then I just had to be like, no, you had to be patient. And I had to just, like, let that opportunity go and just say you can't, like, be in and out. You know, you have to, like, be all in. And if I was going to do the young money thing, I had to, like, be all in and and wait. Man, wait for Wayne to get home. Have wow. you have you ever watched Oprah's Masterclass? No. Okay, so Oprah had had this Masterclass series where she had a bunch of like, you know, celebrities kind of telling their story, uh, just yeah. their journey mm-hmm. along the way. And there's these, these oh, like I key gems that they put bit. on the screen. I don't even know if it comes on anymore, but I watched it when it first came out. So just as I'm listening to you talk, I'm watching the words come onto the screen. I'm like, <laughs> be patient. You have to wait it out. Right, yeah. you do. This is and powerful. Then, and then I waited, and like this two is. weeks later, Twist shot his video for My Little Secret for each and Lil Bow Wow, and Tess sent me to Miami for that. And, you know, we kind of got things rolling. And then when Wayne came out, it was on and popping. Because Tess was busy with Drake at the time. Right, You right. know, So um, once Wayne got out, flew to Miami, we did a welcome home party, and uh that was like november twist had turned 18 that january mm-hmm. and wayne got him a condo so we lived in miami got it yeah, yeah. so like just just you having all this knowledge at def jam in the moment put pre- like presented itself for you to showcase what it was you knew but you weren't given instructions on we need you to do xyz you already knew what, ne- what needed to be done so you filled in that gap right and th- to me i think that was what was easy for tess because he was so busy and I came in with the knowledge of like, all right, Twist is going somewhere. His itinerary It's like, bitch, ain't nobody asked you for that. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. it was so it, it was it was helpful for him. Right. And I, like Twist would have like an album coming out and I'm like, I know this guy, Tavon Sampson at Def Jam that does album packaging. You know, like I can like, you know, so for Tez, yeah. he then you gave me access. Yeah. Then and I would like write uh-huh. video treatments. I've never shot a video in my life, but I was like writing video treatments and just submitting them because I was in New York when Wayne was in jail. Right. So I was I helped Twist get this partner brand partnership with Young and Reckless. We did a line called Young and Twisted. Um, so I did that and it was just using my relationships and and doing that. And then Tess trusted me. He like he put me in contact with the label for any ideas that I had, which he never did with any of his employees. Yeah. So it was like, OK, talk to Katina Bynum, who was head of uh, marketing for cash money um, through Universal. And it was like, OK, you know, and it w- and I would be direct contact with Twist's publicist wow. and stuff like that. And I was twenty three years old mm. at the time. And Tess just trusted me enough to and me and Tess didn't spend a lot of time together because like I said he was really busy so it was important that he just trusted me and it it just kind of like threw me to the wolves with like Twist and Zay and it was just like travel with them here there like I was Twist's PA road manager day to day like all in one so going back to what you said about being in those rooms with L.A. Reid and he's calling you in and you know, giving you this voice that's essentially mm-hmm. validating your purpose and your value in this space. 
how important was that when you're now in this position with Lil Twist, Lil Zay, whoever you like, everyone you were you were working with at this point to be sure of yourself walking into these spaces without the, um, I guess, the structure of like an internship? I felt confident because Twist was growing and I was growing. You know, Twist was growing as an artist. I was growing as an executive. So we were kind of like in this together. And so Twist trusted me also. So the things that I was doing at that time, and I was also like open to learning, like learning about production and, you know, different things about, and Tez didn't teach me a lot. It was just like following direction, you know, like he had a plan and he'd be like, I need this and just deliver. So the music business is not hard, especially in my position. It's just like, there's a manager, he's there, he has the vision. Your job is to be a soldier and execute his vision. If this right. is like, he set up the show, get the client there make sure the DJs there. you know like do right. those things and so um I was confident in my ability to get that done so mm -hmm. that's and that, that, that confidence stemmed from your experiences having worked with Erica or I think the confidence came from it's just like a basketball player if you've been practicing and practicing and then you never get to go in the game and you're on the bench and they're like all right let's go it's like you're you ready I'm, to show I'm what you got ready. because it so it came from Erica, because Erica always told me details, write everything down. Mm -hmm. um, and with Erica, she used to tell me that um, you just got to have the vision and people mm -hmm. will believe in it if you create it. Yeah. You know, and so I had to have that for myself. Right. Like people will believe in me if I if I show confidence. Like if you even if I take a meeting now with someone or do an interview to get a job, it's like if you don't come with the confidence I can't trust you with the work. Mm. Yeah. I need you to be like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. Yeah. Like, I know. That's very true. Like, if you're, if you're a fashion designer, you're like marking and grading and, and fabrics. Like, you know, you speak the lingo. You know yeah. what you're talking about. Then it's like, oh, I got to hire him because he, he knows it. He's not, like, shy about it. He's not like, oh, I'm not sure, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's how I just approached it. But it came from knowing that I knew what I was doing, but I was still open to learning. Yeah. So... What, okay, so Wayne gets back. <clears throat> Twist got has this condo. You're living in Miami. Yeah. What is that? What does that journey look like now? That looks like, like studio every single night. Okay. Um, Twist was uh picked up on a lot of Wayne's work habits and work ethic, so our day consisted of um being at the studio from eight nine, nine o'clock at night to yeah he talks about that all uh, 12 o'clock in the, the afternoon songs. you know being yep. at hit factory in miami and um and then me still having to get up during the day and make sure like whatever tez needed was done um i didn't club with them you know i kind of just i wasn't in that scene like that like intentionally if, intentionally like yeah. if tez if twist was going out to the club i would be like go go with wayne like i would be so happy and mm. not go because um I didn't, I didn't want to be that person, you know? I would rather just, like, be home and have, like, that night off. Yeah. So that's what Miami Relax. was. It was it was more so waking up every day, being in the studio, because Twist had unlimited access to the studio. Um, so we, we would just go there every day, come home, sleep. Um, when Twist had shows, video shoots, whatever, we would do that. But that was that, that phase of living in Miami. I wanted to ask, at any point, <clears throat> Though you were learning through your experience at Def Jam, what did it, and you learned a lot in school too. Were there any points where you still had questions? Where you still, because you talk about still learning, what um, did that process look I like? I had aspirations. Okay. Um, you know, especially being at Def Jam, it was like 
fucking travel for people to go to like London. It's like, dang, I wonder if I'll ever go to London, you know, mm-hmm. booking travel for people to go to the Grammys or booking travel for stylists for like a video shoot. Like, dang, I would love to be at a video shoot one day. Like you're at the video shoot and the next thing you know, like it's a real video on TV and it's edited and it comes together. So, um, for me, I forgot the question too, but I feel like I'm just going in that right direction of, mm-hmm. um, I just had aspirations of like, I, this is how I want to look, how I want to dress. Like I had amazing, um, role models at Def Jam, people like Tracy Waples, Ashana Ayers, Sherry Bryant, um, Amber Noble. There was a lot of women there, uh, Shaka Pilgrim that I just aspired to like be that woman executive. So I felt like working with twist gave me an opportunity to, to be that person. Especially yeah. young money was new, but it was popping. Yeah. Yeah. It was big at that time. Yeah. So what else happens? So mm-hmm. this is 2011 test. Uh, we have the condo and then we go on tour. We go on tour a few times. So we go on tour, BT tour, uh, closer to my dream store, like mindless behavior, Tyga, um, Diggy Simmons, um, a bunch of people. I love tour. I was always the only girl on tour. Um, and it just gave me that role of like road manager, you yeah. know, cause Tez just trusted me. He would come to like a few shows, but it was just like, he was so busy, you know, with, uh, Wayne and Drake. So, um, he just trusted me to like take care of Twist and take care of everyone on tour. You know, I was like, he's like, you're in charge. He handed me the baton. Um, so on you're tour, g- you're getting paid by this point. Yeah. Okay. Right. So okay. at this point, I think when we lived in Miami, that's when like, Tez used to just like have me on like a monthly salary. Gotcha. Um, so I, I was getting paid. So I was working under Bryant management, which is Tez's management, management company. company. Got it. And under his management company, he managed Wayne Drake and twist, but he was also the CEO of young money. So he also oversaw the label, but managed Wayne Drake and twist. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Cause and I was going to ask what about Tyga and Nikki? I'm sorry. Oh, that's like separate. He didn't manage them. He okay. was just like, as a, as Wayne's manager, he was a COO of mm-hmm. Young Money Records. So right. in terms of like they had their own managers, but he was the person that spoke on behalf of the label. Him and Mac Main. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we went on tour with BT. We went on tour with Tyga and YG. Um. That was exciting. Um. Sounds like that's fun. That's an LA LA, LA collab. Work ethic is so crazy. We did that tour, and we probably had like one day off a week, if that. You know. And that was a tour where it's like you don't get hotel rooms. You sleep on the bus. You may get like two hotel rooms, mm. like one for the artist and one for like the staff if you want to like shower or anything. But you slept on the bus. And so I'm on a bus every night with 10 other guys. You know, wow. that's where the dirty little boy um, thing comes from. Oh, you okay. know, it's just like wearing boys clothes because if I'm running out of clothes, I'm working. I don't have the luxury of like going to the laundry mat, yeah. washing. Yeah, yeah I'm like, yo, like you got you guys went to the mall. You got yeah. a fresh pair of boxers like throw me those you know yeah, and, and, up. and that's just how it was um basketball shorts it's like all right hoodies like yeah you just start wearing whatever clothes you find just, and you hey, yeah, that. yeah. That's what's up. um i'm sure that's nostalgia for you <laughs> so went on tour with taiga and yg and then um this is like tutor and buddha yg this is like oh, 2000. Yeah, early early yeah, like right after the jerk music yeah yeah this yeah. is like 2012 early it was like yeah it was like top of the year um and then after that we went on another tour again with mindless behavior jacob Lattimore and little twist and so we did the tour and um the last stop was like la 
And so Twist was like becoming really great friends with Justin Bieber at the time. And Justin Bieber was popping and uh, on his, you know, his way up. Yeah. And yeah. so Twist was like, all right, I'm going to just move, stay in LA and just stay with Justin. Like Justin's on tour. Like I'm going to just stay at the crib in Calabasas. And so the bus literally dropped him off there. And Twi- Tez had moved to LA because Drake had got that that spot in LA. So Tez was like, you know what? Like Miami is just super like party and you know, like whatever. And he wanted to like level up, I guess. Um, and focus more on like expanding the company. Um, him and G Roberson um, had Blueprint Group where they merged their companies because okay. G Roberson had hip hop since 1978 and Tess had Bryant Management. And so they became the Blueprint Group. And so that's when like they had T.I. and Jill Scott and the Roots and you know, they kind of just became this one conglomerate. And so he was like, you know what, like, it's, I'm going to get more work done in L.A., especially acting and, you know, just expanding himself as a manager. So I'm like, OK, Tez lives in L.A. Twist is born. OK, L.A. it is. So. Dang, that's how you got to L.A. Yeah, it was on a bus. So we we're on a bus is the last stop. I was like. On a bus from from where? Tour. From just everywhere. Oh, oh from yeah. From like Miami. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Twisto had the condo at this point. I don't think we did. I think we moved out of condo. We were just like on tour, mm-hmm. you know, because the condo was for a year. So we went on tour at the top of 2012. Yeah. Yeah. The place at that point. Yeah. Right. And so um, we did that and it was amazing because, okay, so I went on Craigslist and I was like, you know what? I just got to figure this out. Like, and it wasn't like a picture. It was just like $600, one bedroom and a townhouse. It was on Craigslist without a picture. Yeah, but I sent my friend Cheyenne to go look at it. Okay. And so he was like, I mean, the carpet dirty, but it's cool. You know, like, <laughs> it was a townhouse, and he was just like, it's, it's hella people in there, but whatever. So for me, $600 was a lot, like, yeah. you know, just to pay rent when I never paid rent in my life. And so it was just like, all right, like, we're moving to L.A. And what's your age now at this point? Um, 24. 24. 23-24. Yeah. Um, and so moved to LA, but it was like, checked out the hotel that we were staying in, which is a hotel Palomar in Westwood and took that taxi and came to the Valley. And I lived in Van, Van Nuys and, um, lived there and just had to like start figuring out life. And I had my suitcase from on tour, signed the six month lease. And it was like maybe five people living in a townhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, no car. <laughs> in LA, like, no car. You in the yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. Say that. So hey, I signed my lease and I was like, you know what? Life starts now. And I had to find like a Walmart, took the bus to like a Walmart, got like an air mattress, a lamp, and like a little storage dresser thing. And then from, you know, just sleep on an air mattress for a long time and just kind of, just kind of figure. figure <laughs> out. I'm looking yeah. around, I'm looking around her spot right now like, wow. <laughs> Dang. I went from, so yeah, from 2012, um, and it was like a couple on the first floor. I was on the second floor, and then the third floor had like two other girls in two separate rooms. And so, yeah, so just like bounced around from place to place. Um, And then it was just like, what are we doing? You know, like it was kind of work slowed down. Like Tez was still paying me, but I didn't get satisfaction in like, sitting in the house all day right. you know like i'm in la i don't have a car everyone's getting up going to work i'm sitting here so i got a job at hotel palomar the last hotel that i was at before 
I settled in LA. And you got the job because you just didn't want to be stagnant. Because I didn't want to be sitting at home. Mm -hmm. So you were still yeah. getting paid, but you made the decision to go work at this hotel. Yeah. Because getting thirteen dollars an hour. Wow. Okay. Right. Which is super exciting. And and what was that what was that time like for you on this job? Because this job doesn't know who you are. They don't know what right. you're doing. They don't care about what they're right. doing. So they need you to it do. It was so funny, too, because I, oh, gosh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, just, like, what did you do yesterday? Oh, went to Drake's house, hung out. Uh, they're like, you know Drake? And it's yeah. like, <laughs> I've known Drake for years. Like, you know, and so to them, it's just like. It's funny how we <laughs> try to make these people not human. Right. Yeah. And, you know? know, and so. Um, that was exciting. Um, yeah. but then like January came around and I was like, all right. And so I wanted to always like work with Cortez directly because I just felt like I was such an asset and that he wasn't using cause he had me with twist. Meanwhile, he had this huge business that he was running and I felt like I could be perfect for it. But, um, you know, he, he wanted to keep me with twist and that was fine. But then I was like, what are we doing? This was like twist, Justin Bieber like tmz era got you mm -hmm. got you and so got you. Yes. this is like me on the news getting to a side of jail right, right. um era and wow. so it was just like and so it was just kind of like 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 a lot of question marks like what are we doing mm -hmm. you know and so ended up just um dealing with twister revolt he got to deal with revolt and so i was just kind of like doing a day-to-day -day stuff there okay and then I ended up, you know, telling Tez, like, look, basically, like, if I don't, if you don't, like, hire me, like, directly, like, I'm probably going to quit because I can't deal with twists. And this was, like, bad twists. This was, like, on drugs twists. This mm -hmm. was, like, wrecking the car. The car, all of yeah, that. Yeah, it was, like, so, changing, in the news, yeah. it was, like, terrible. And for me, like, when I would be around my peers again, it, it wasn't a good feeling to be, like, oh, that's what you do for a living, you know, like. And it's no shade, you know, because Twist and eventually grew up and, and became a better person. But at that time, I wasn't sure about my own professional career. Got it. Um, and then so he was like, okay, cool. And then I started working with Tez directly, and that included being his um, assistant, um, kind of like property managing for Wayne. Um, Wayne had a property in New Orleans and L.A., so it would be like if Wayne was going to New Orleans for something, Tez would fly me down there, and I would, like, freshen up the house, towels, soda candy um you know just make sure like it's in good things condition. in order yeah. yeah and i would do the same thing for his house in la like okay wayne's coming in town like let's turn the tv on to espn let's turn the lights on let's light a candle let's you know make wow. sure everything tez is very detailed yeah. when it comes to his clients wow so you knew so it wasn't just a matter of like okay the house like the spot is good it's good to go it was literally he's about to walk in the door in a few hours right it it's like Wayne comes in today so I would go to the house like just make sure because you never know like make sure the internet's working make sure the batteries for the gate works Work, make sure it. like you know and that would be including like making sure like the the skate ramps are ready you know, like Wayne this is Wayne skating yeah. and so like he would have like skate ramps at like all his properties and um making sure like nothing's expired in the fridge or like the water's not green you know just like yeah. making sure like when he comes home like the lights are on and the t espn is playing okay. <laughs> is, is that something that you already had like gained like an understanding about as far as those details um i feel like it's something that either like Tez maybe I may have seen like Tez do it once and then like I just knew like that was like the standard right 
Um, so yeah. I, I do definitely feel like that's something that's big in uh, the entertainment world is just the the comfort of making it. Because, you know, these, these artists are traveling, the talent is moving yeah. around. So the sense of home can feel different. You know what I mean? So yeah. the things that you can do, I think people hear and they think, oh, that's, that's doing too much or that's not necessary. Right. But it's a matter of making sure that things move seamlessly because there's so many moving yeah, parts. Yeah, I mean, if Wayne's flying from Miami to L.A. and he's on a flight for X amount of hours, you know, and it's like he may be tired or, or just whatever, it's like you want to come home and make sure, like, the Internet's not out. Yeah. You know, you just want to sit home and watch a game and, and go in a fridge and have wa- Fiji water there, you yeah. know, and it, it's just those little things that um, I learned, like, as a music manager that makes a difference, you know, in – your ability to manage, you have to care about the details. Like, yeah, you can sign a, you know, a deal worth X amount of millions of dollars, but do you care about me in a personal space where you care if I have water in my fridge when I get here? Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. That's big. Yeah. That's big. So, yeah, I just think that's so important to, to point out. Cause I, you know, I see articles and people talking about talent and their riders, you know, some right. the things that they like in their rooms and, you know, the type of plants and the type but, of water. But, but you've earned that writer. Right. You know, like I've been on, not been on, but I've been to like a bunch of different Drake shows and it's like his dressing room has, it's his vibe, you know, like you don't want fluorescent lights. You want floor lights. You want lamps. You want LED lights. You want a couch. You, you know, you want certain things that yeah. you want candles. You want incense. You want sage probably. I don't know. Whatever you your know, comfortability but it's like, is. Yeah. It's like you, you are the captain of a ship. You support so many people. Your your mental, your physical, all has to be top tier for you to go out and perform. And if that's what you require, if that's what makes you comfortable, God damn it, you've earned that. Right. That's so good because as you say that, it made me realize um, just some conversations about ourselves as individuals. Mm-hmm. We have to know the things that we need in our day to feel like we're operating at our max and like for that day. Or like routine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you want to wake up, you say, okay, you know, I'm going to get up at five in the morning, I'm going to pray. And then after that, I do, I'm going to have my green juice. Your green juice is not there. Like, dang, my whole day's messed up. Like, wh- how, why my y'all routine didn't? Is off. Like, I pay y'all too much. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to throw my day off. Because yeah. now my day is thrown off, then your day is thrown off because somebody's getting fired. And I, and, it, and I don't mean to just be a, a you know, mm-hmm. a hole just firing people, but it's like, yo, like, too much pressure's on me as the captain of this ship. And I just need the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. Like right. if Little Wayne likes gummy bears, I will make sure them gummy bears are there because that's gonna make him happy. Yeah. And happy right. people make happy music and happy music sells <laughs> records. Right? You know, like right. that's true. That, that's I'm glad that you're breaking it down like this too for people who are listening because I think it's easy for us to say, Oh, this person's obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Or this person yeah. is um um full of themselves. But the things that you need to have you for you yeah. are important. And that's that's separative if you have people who can't provide it or who can't, if, right? If like that's what you need. Throat coat tea on your rider because you need tea before your show. Mm-hmm. If you have if you have gum on your rider because you want to feel comfortable, like you just feel nervous. Like okay, I just smoked, but it's like okay, I need gum. Like does anybody got gum? No one has gum. Now it's a whole five minutes taken yeah. out of somebody's day to go find gum. But it's like just have it there. Like yep. you know, like I want. Um, chicken or I want Jamaican food when I get there that's going to make me happy I'm going to I'm coming to work at your video shoot all day these are the things that I need that's going to make me Man. happy it's like know? I'm make, making me think like dang what's my rider what do I need to make sure I need to have for myself pink starburst you know what I mean no. mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like you don't yeah. want a yellow starburst if you love pink starburst right. like yeah right. And that's and that's and it's just the simple things and you know some people may, I think newer people or newer artists may like take like advantage you mm-hmm, know and be like mm-hmm. oh my god I can have anything and they just have to give it to me but it's like Wayne's video shoot writer was like skateboards 
you know, because at the end of the day, you want me to have to shoot all day. I need to do something on a downtime. Yeah. And if mm-hmm. I can't, then I'm going to be aggy and I'm going to want to leave, you know, because but if I'm skating, then then my time is being killed and I'm more happy because I'm I'm Doing not something. I enjoy yeah, I'm still yeah. practicing you, or working on a craft that I'm, that I'm focused mm-hmm. on right now. Yeah. You know what's amazing about that, too? These jobs, I mean, nine to five specifically can tie you to something to where you don't have opportunity to be able to do something like that. And I think at that level, when you're operating that high and that pressure's on you, it's important for you to have the release to know that I can reach my my comfort. I can reach the zone I need to be Mm -hmm. in. If that's skateboarding, if that's gummy bears, if that's Starburst, if that's I like to have my TV this size. And if it's not that size, I can't watch sports at this, whatever, whatever that is, because you've worked that hard to receive that you can have that. And your mind needs to be in that space of comfortability for you to perform at the optimal level. And you know what it is? It's like consistency also. It's like I need to feel like home wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. if I'm an artist traveling on the road and I liked uh, and I like, you know, vanilla lavender candles, it's on my writer because that's what I have at home. And I want to feel like I'm at home when I'm in this hotel. No one likes being on the road 24 seven. But you know what? If I get in this bed and I smell vanilla lavender candles, it makes me feel like I'm at home. And that brings me peace. And I think we don't think about that part. We see, oh, you're traveling. You're going to Miami. You're going to New York. You're traveling overseas. That's the life, because I think we, the, yeah. I think there's this energy of like that must be ain't been home. the ideal place forever. Too. Like I've been on tour a lot. I've traveled a lot um, international as well. But it's like, if I land in Germany, I'm going to the hotel. We're going to the venue, and then we're going back to the hotel. Then we're going to the airport. Like we, there's no tour guide on in every city that you explore. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and yeah, based on work. people's schedules, you have to be in and out. So based on the time difference of either you trying to catch up to sleep or being jet lagged from sleeping, it's like. Okay, no one says, okay, we're in the city and we just have off days. Off days is money. Mm-hmm. Off days is per diem for people. Off days is extra hotels for staff. And if you're a level artist like Wayne or like a Cardi B or whoever, you have at least 10, 12 people traveling with right. you. And so no one has time to like have extra days off. It's like, what's cheaper, hotels or sending everyone back home? Right. You know? So right. it's like when you do travel, you don't always get the luxury of seeing. Like, I've been to like almost every city in the United States. And I can't tell you something that sit out in, in there. None of them, you know, mm-hmm. you're on a tour bus. You're like, okay, you wake up, you're at the venue, you do the show, you're on a bus, you're on to the next city, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah, the best look you get is the view on the bus. Right. You know, or, <laughs> or, or maybe like if that city's known for some type of food, like if you're in Chicago, you're like, Oh, let's go to Harold's, Harold's you know, yeah. right. Or right. And so if you're in St. Louis, you're like, what's the best like barbecue or mm-hmm. something, you know, but other than that, it's not like you get this historical tour right. with right. every city you go to where you can be in the, town and talk to mm-hmm. like grandpa on the steps right. you know yeah. like yeah right. I, I love that that we're even like unpacking this because i also think about once again this journey that you're on mm-hmm. because once again it looks like wow you're traveling you're doing all these things and yeah. oftentimes we don't get a chance to hear that breakdown as ashford yeah. said yeah. so um well i do enjoy it mm-hmm. so one of the things like i love the adrenaline rush of like it's it's fun you know like when you're on tour or when you're on the road it's like you have a job to do. And even like my last, uh, like the, well, working with belly, it was just like the last artist I would say, like I was working with, cause now I'm on the management side. It's fun to, to like see what's going to happen today, you know? And, and mm-hmm. it's just like, and being personal, like sometimes he may not feel good. 
you know, and you have to be sensitive to that. You have to understand, like, I'm not him. You know, if he's saying he doesn't feel good, how do we either postpone or cancel this interview? Like, you want to push back the flight? Okay, I'm not going to fight you on that because you're the one that's the captain of the ship. You know, like, I can't, like, it's my job to figure out a way where it works out for both of us. Okay, yeah. do we have to leave today or can we leave in the morning? Okay, if it makes you feel better by resting tonight and us leaving in the morning, okay, well, we're cutting it a little close, but you know what? We can we can pull it we off. Make it's, it work. It's doable. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and so I, I enjoy, like, those different challenges that come up, you know, and and the luggage and, and the unpacking and the repacking. And, and it's, it's fun for me because it's my job. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that so much. That makes me happy to hear. You can, you can tell how passionate you are about it when you describe it. You can mm. feel it in your voice, you know, everything that you're talking about, too. Like, you really find purpose in being able to figure out how to help people with their purpose. Yeah. And in and, and, and discovering my purpose during this fasting, I, I, I just know, like, when I tell God, like, I just know I'm good at serving. Mm-hmm. Right? Even from, like, a kid, my grandpa would be like, here's $20. Like, go to the car and get my wine. You know? Like, <laughs> you know, I was just always found joy in, like, doing chores or, like, doing things to help. And from... You know, Twist to Tez to, to Belly and Sal, who I work with, is, like, I get joy in, like, making sure, like, your day is good um, and, and you're taken care of and your clothes are ironed, your clothes are laid out. That's why I think I'm going to be an amazing wife and mom because I just have, like, this Super natural. plug, super plug. Y'all hear that? <laughs> Y'all hear that? <laughs> right. And, and that's super why nurturing. I also think, like, I'm happy having been single this long because I know, like, when I find that person, like, it, you're going to get all of me and you're going to get like a fresh new love. Not like, Oh, I loved him. I loved him. And I loved him. It's like, yeah. oh, nigga, I love you. And that is it. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's the beginning and the end, you uh-huh. know? Um, so I just really enjoy being that and just being observant. Like I used to work for Tez and he'd be like, I'm just come to his house with dish soap. And he'd be like, how the fuck you know I need dish soap? Cause I'm observant. You know, I just wow. see like different things and, and it's like, it's easier because now you can't wash dishes because you have no dish soap. Now it's like an extra stop. And, you know, it's just like, no, I just I just saw yesterday that you were squeezing the life out of that bottle. Mm-hmm. So I decided <laughs> to just bring it. And you just have to be that detailed. But those are things you can't learn. You right. Know? It's just, yeah. Get, it's just in that's you. just you being unselfish, like extremely yeah. unselfish. And that's the thing that I pride myself on, like selfless and and that's why I said, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice like love and relationships because it's not about you. You mm-hmm. know, there's a job that needs to be done. And that's why you have to have like that army soldier mentality. And I feel like that's why a lot of men sometimes win in the music business because they're not focused on girls. They know, like, I'm not focused on a girl. I'm focused on money. If I get the money, then I get the car mm-hmm. then I get the girl. You know, and women just nowadays are so lazy. They just focus on finding the guy with money when mm. you can be the girl with money. You know, mm. so. You know, let's let's go. So you you found you made your way into a position where you are um, at this point working with Tez. You're helping manage the property yeah. that Wayne has. Yeah. Was there another job in between? In between there and no, the transition happened went from Twist to Tez. Well, yeah. Well, what else were you doing with Tez um, aside from like the property? Um, I started. Bec- I was Tez's personal assistant, okay. an executive assistant. Got so. It. Um, that consisted of like connecting him like on his calls, um, and being at his house whenever he said to come over. Mm-hmm. It it, I, it was kind of like the thing where I just got into his routine. Like he would text me in the morning, and if I didn't hear from him by like eleven, twelve o'clock, then I wouldn't go to his house that day. And then, or he would text me, and he'd be like, "Come over," and then because he would 
he he was like you know nowadays it's like phone and email and you know it wasn't like a bunch of stuff like he would do a lot on his own um so it wasn't a lot that he would need me with him all the time gotcha. you know it was like he could tell me send me flight options for whatever and i would always know like he has an upcoming trip i'll send him flight options so that's what that dynamic of work looked like mm-hmm. um so fast forward um wayne st- started to get into his situation with cash money um and you know we were kind of like in a standstill space and at that same time tez decided to move to atlanta and i wasn't going um i decided that i wasn't gonna pack up and leave and go to atlanta because i wasn't super happy with the position i kind of felt like tez was successful and he was kind of like he he's he smelled and tasted success you know and as you get older i felt like he was getting older and, and different things started to matter to him maybe i don't know and so um i was just like you've made millions of dollars right <laughs> like you don't care like you know maybe he's at that age where money doesn't matter you know and it's about like spending more time with his friends and his family and you know figuring out ways to give back you know and i'm still fresh and green to the music industry and i'm still thinking things are cool like going to the grammys right mm-hmm. and so he's matured in that already and so i just kind of felt like you know like let me just try it and so he moved to atlanta we tried it for three months and another pivotal moment um because i was like trying to find different jobs and i was like trying to work with devon franklin um trying to just work with uh i think j-lo i interviewed with j-lo like twice um, not with her, but with her team. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to like work with Pharrell, like a bunch of different people. And so I just kind of felt like God was like, I'm not giving you nothing until you really step out on faith in this mug because you want the nut, the job before you quit this job. And I'm telling you just to quit this job, right? Mm-hmm. So I was working with Tez and, you know, um, wasn't super happy. Not anything from him. I just wanted to like right. be that boss yeah. and things just kind of like slowed down. Um, and so he was like, you know, we have Euro, you know, we're building a roster. Like I'm, you're going to get back in that mode. Because with Twist, it was like everything was like rolling real fast. And so um, ended up waking up one day and quitting. And so I kind of pre-written this re- resignation letter. Cause I just always wanted to like write it when I was in a really good space and I kept it in my drafts. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of kept watching the Steve Harvey video about jumping yeah, off the cliff of life and one. parachuting and you know, you're going to get some bumps and bruises, but yeah. you know what? Like, and I just, my friend Tommy sent it to me and I was just like, you know what? I just got to take that leap of faith. And I sent the letter that was in my, I just like woke up and just like sent it. And once it was sent, because I don't want to talk myself out of it, right? right? I just wanted yeah. to be prepared. Tez was in LA at the time, and I just sent the letter. And I think he ignored me that day. Like, not ignored me, like, ignored the letter. Mm. And so um, we talked about it, and he was like, I don't understand why you want to quit. Like, I live in Atlanta. Like, you're free to do whatever you want to do in LA, you know? Like, but that was the problem. Mm. I felt like an LA girl. Like, why am I at Runyon at 2 o'clock <laughs> on a Tuesday, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I just felt like such an LA girl, not the New York Brooklyn person. Yeah, that you were I living was. a different life than right. You know, and you so I wanted that hunger, and so I was like, "Listen, I'm quitting, not for another job. Like I don't have another job lined up. Like I had like six thousand dollars lined saved up, but no, and I had rent, car, like you know. So it was like what, 
three, four yeah, months worth of living, you know, like, about that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe even less in LA. And so I was just like, I don't have a plan. Like I'm, I'm loyal. I'm not quitting you to go jump ship. I'm quitting you to be in the water. Mm. Like not jump ship to another boat, to another boat. but yeah, just, yeah. just be out in the water with no life jacket. Right. And so he, he kind of understood it. And so I, I quit and I was just like, I'm gonna do now yeah. <laughs> right and so um I just started putting feelers out there just like reaching out to contacts and then being like hey you know I'm not working with Cortez anymore um but you know looking for a job da 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 and um I reached out to a guy named Manny Dion who I had known from living in Miami um Twist had worked with their artist before this guy named Tom Daros in Toronto there was a record label called CP Records and um, I was cool with Manny. We used to like go to live in Miami, hang out. And I was like, yo, this is like, they work with The Weeknd now. And so I was like, yo, you know, if you guys, and I was trying to think, I was trying to get a job like working for Abel, like as his assistant maybe. Yeah. And so I hit Manny. I was like, you know what? Um, I want to work in the music business, you know, on your team. And so he was like, okay, cool. I'll let you know. And then he called me uh, two weeks later. So this is, I quit. My last day was like March 1st, 2016. And he called me and was like, yo, I think you'd be good for belly. And I'd be like, okay. But at the time I had met belly because, you know, Cortez was like, you, Cortez was like kind of like co-managing him through whatever. So I met belly and I just loved his energy. I loved his energy. I loved like his philosophy on life. It was like, things will come to me when they want to. And even though belly was a new artist and at the time I thought success looked like working with an A-list artist, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, like JLo, which was, which I was trying to, to work with at the time. Um, I just, it was just, you know, you got to just li listen to your spirit, yeah. you know? And so Manny's like, you know, he's a new artist, da, 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 da. Um, you know, so the salary, and it's just a complete transparency. He was just like, the salary's not going to be probably what you want, but you know, it's going to get up there, you know? And so at the time, um, I was like, okay, cool. So I was working with belly. It was like half of what I was getting paid with Tez. And, um, I was working every day. And so I worked every day for three months straight. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. So I told myself, kill it, right? So work three days for like nothing salary-wise. Um, work um, every day and make yourself valuable, you know? So when you do ask for a raise, you've earned it, you know? And so I just killed it, killed it, killed it, like... 14 hours a day, sleeping in a studio, belly sleeping in a studio, I'm sleeping in a studio, you know? And I used to like just do super convenient things and just make myself a necessity where it's like, like it's worth it. Yeah, you you're know? not being there, it's felt. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, and, the, and it was that way. And and so I, I just, I just did that. And then I'll say that to say like within a year of working with him, I had gotten like three raises, you know? And so to me, that's just a testament. Like, you know, like even though it's not what you look, what it looks like, mm -hmm. um, just trust it and do and do it with the right intentions, right? Because the intention wasn't money because they were like, okay, we're gonna actually go backwards, go back, yeah, right. But it was just like if you just do things with the right heart posture and saying, you know, I actually like this person, I believe in them as a person, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I really just want to work with them, and they're a nice person, and that to me meant more than the money. And so I felt like God was like, okay, well, I'm 
going to reward you. Yeah. And Belly saw it too. So he had no problem just like, I want to give her a raise. It got to a point where I was like, okay, how many more raises are you guys going to give me? Because mm. within a year, just like getting like three, four raises, you know, it was just kind of like a blessing. And it was just like, stop throwing money at me. Yeah. You know, like I'm good. Like, you know, because I felt like more raises meant more responsibilities. Like, okay, well, you can't say nothing because you're, you know, we're paying you, oh, this yeah, month we're paying you yeah. more. Yeah. You know, like, right. yeah, I pay you more. You, I expect you to answer the phone on a Sunday night, you know? Right. So, right. so, it was just to me. It was just like you just gotta trust God and know, like, even if you can't see it, like He's making a way. One thing yeah. I want to point out because this was something I struggled with when I have when I um, first started my job at at the community college I, where I work. I had all this experience, or so I thought, mm-hmm. that I think qualified me to make a certain amount of money, and I went in with this like entitlement mm-hmm. that I have to be making more because of what I've brought to the table. So I just hear you talk about your journey. You're with young money they're mm-hmm. on the ground like you've seen so much you've been at def jam you have all this credibility yeah yeah and you didn't step in saying nope y'all know who i am i was working with these money artists money was never yeah. a, a thing you had so much humility like from what i'm hearing too yeah. like the the humility through the experiences that god was bringing like you were here then you had to go back down yeah. then you went here right. and then you went back here and then you went back down and literally you started over right. at least in the story that I'm hearing yeah. about three, four different times. Right. Because Def Jam is not paying you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I'm not doing that. And I get into the situation working with Tez and he's not like consistently Pain. paying yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I'm you surviving off of like, you know, unemployment. Mm-hmm. And then I finally get to a place where I'm like uh, decent. You know, I'm, I'm still like having roommates. Right. right? And right. so I'm like, dang it. And so I'm, I'm like still like. Like, okay, I'm decent, but I want to make this amount, you know? And then so now I get a belly, and it's like, oh, we're going to cut you in half of what you're just making. And I'm like, I'm actually losing money every time I go out the house, you know? But um, I wanted to, like, prove myself, you know? Like, and so I I did that. And so he definitely blessed me. You know, he was just like, here, like, Belly was definitely super generous. Yeah. Like, you, you applied yourself, too. Yeah, yeah Belly would be the... You earned that. Belly would just, like, give it. me bonuses for no reason. Like, okay, if you forgot my Goyard scarf, well, if you got my Goyard scarf and you didn't forget it, I'm going to give you an extra $500. And I'm like, bro, don't ever play me, bro. Your Goyard scarf is right here. And he would, like, do it. Like, yeah. like yeah. buy me gifts. Like, I want you to have, like, a $3,000 bag. And I'm like, but I like my Michael Kors bag, you know? And yeah. so Belly was super generous. And so yeah. I definitely appreciate feeling appreciated. Mm. Um because he didn't, he never had to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like God brought abundance to you based on the amount of work that you put in. Yeah. There. And the thing is with Tez, I, I had to make that leap of faith because yeah. I used to always be like, and God cares about the little things, the details, right? So you're like, I want to fly private and I want to, <laughs> you know, travel the world and I want to be in charge and I want to be on big tours like every tour we've been in has been cool but it's been the house of blues like i want to be on an arena tour and so just like being frustrated like not being able to do those things even though wayne was doing it like i never got to travel with tess so um i was just like it's not fair you know and so when i left i was like i want these things and so immediately i was the first thing we did when i worked with belly we went to lebanon for 10 days it was sal got married and and I was like, wow, that was like my first time, like across the pond, you know, wow. so went to Lebanon and, you know, started like flying private sometimes. And Belly went on tour with uh, 
Abel. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He went on tour with um, and, and Juicy J, you know, and we did a bunch of festivals in Europe. So God definitely gave me like everything I asked for. And I was in charge, you know, like yeah. everything with belly from like clothing to food to like, you know, travel day to day hiring people. He did Coachella. I was like, you know, the the meat and the glue that kind of was just like yeah. the one that was like, you know, like this is the set. This is the, I learned a lot about production. And, and also. That's, I remember um, you invited me out to the Palladium um, uh-huh. and you were like in charge of, of like merch. Oh, and I was like, okay. yo, yeah, yeah, like yeah. she's doing all this work. And I used to do that, too. When we were on tour with Juicy, like that was really hard for me because I was like I would take the boxes of merch and I'm a girl that's like. I, I got it. Like, don't touch this box or I'll kill you. Like, I would, wow. no matter how heavy the box is, I would, like, take the box, like, bring it in, you know, like, help count out the merch, count it in, still pack up Belly stuff, still find studio for Man. him to be at that night, you know, make sure everyone's on the bus, book the hotels. Like, it was a lot, but I felt like, you know, I could, I could handle it, and I just had to believe in myself and the strength within myself to, like, rise to the occasion every time. But it was definitely hard, like, and still being the only girl. And when we went on tour with Abel, like, Bellies had, like, six big duffel bags of clothes. One bag had, two bags had sneakers. One bag had hoodies. One bag had jeans. One bag had, like, expensive clothes. And one bag had, and I had it all numbered. And he's like, I want my Gucci this. I knew what bag what it was. Bag it was and like. I would just, like, grab it and pull it in. And, and there used to be a bunch of guys just staring at me, just looking at me and, like, not helping. I remember you said that. Like, that's <laughs> wild, man. But it, but it just made me feel strong. And yeah. Like yeah. Guys, it, you you sure. know what? Yeah. To the guys, to the guys defense, I didn't want anyone's yeah. help. So it would be like, no, I got it. Like, just because I'm a woman, I'm not disabled. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can yeah. carry it myself. Tripping over my own feet, just like, just <laughs> gonna make it. You're going to make it do. Yeah. 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 So that's mm-hmm. why I think guys got to be high standards. When it comes <laughs> to I'm like, I can do it myself. Yeah. That's lovely. And, and you, so you mentioned, you know, being in that role, talk about the transition from working with Belly and that capacity to now switching over into management as director of operations. Yes. So what happened was, was that um, I was me like when I was working with Belly, we were like, like super like getting it. You know, we were doing so many festivals like Belly's such a joy to work with. He's a super happy like guy. Um, And then um, things just kind of like slowed down, like during like recording phases, like as they usually do. Um, and so I kind of felt like I just, I just get high off of like adrenaline and being on the road Moving, and doing fast paced things. Yeah. So when things kind of slow down, it kind of gets me in a space of like, I, I need to be doing something. I want to be busy. And then, so, um, Manny knew, you know, that I wanted to like be busy again, you know, and I was just trying to find ways to like be busy. And so Sal had a, a an assistant slash director of operations that um, had to resign um, and she went back to Toronto. And it's so crazy because God is just, because with, with Tess, it was just like a sign of like quit, right? Yeah. God told me to quit. Like, I'm not going to take you to the next level by being in and out. You have to completely quit. And then this time God was like, don't quit. Right. And I was just like, why? And I was just like, 
I don't see like how, you know, where, where's the light at the tunnel? You know, it's just like, I want to be busy. Like in order to be busy on the road, you have to like create a new album. You have yeah. to, you know, like yeah. you have to yeah. do the music. It that has to get mixed. It has to get mastered. It has to be a marketing plan. Like yeah. and then from there, the music has to live and then you have to go on tour. And so I was just like, no, like I want, I want to be moving now, you know, cause I can't contribute to like a song being made, you know, like I can't write the hook so me just taking that time from yeah, being on the road and hiring tour managers hiring mds and having a lot going on to like now we're in recording mode and you know and and this is what recording mode looks like and so um i remember i think it was like november 13th or something um 2018 that i was like you know what i'm gonna go talk to sal and let him know like i'm just not all the way happy like i just i just have add and i just need to move and so um, before I even got to talk to him, Manny called me and was like, listen, like Lori's leaving. And so I want you to replace her. Before you went to go before talk I to him. Before I went to go talk to him. Damn. Was that a ram like in the bush two, or what? It, <laughs> it, was, it was like two days before. And so I was like, so that's why it was like God was like, this is why I told you I was going to make. Because Lori was with Sal mm-hmm. for like years. It's right when you're at the brink. Too. Right. That's how it happens. God intercedes. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute, baby yeah. girl. <laughs> slow <laughs> down. Like, all right. I feel like you mark this on your calendar. This is what you think your plan is. But I, th- this is what I told you. Yeah. Like, don't quit, you know. Um, and so I was like, what? And then so I was like, yeah, and I'm going to pay you this. And it was more than I was making with Bella. It was like, I was like crying almost, <laughs> like just shocked. I was like, what'd you say? And so he's like, yeah, the next year I'm going to pay you this. And so to me, it's just like, just saying that to say, like when I first started, the number compared to like now, it's just like, you know, maybe four or five times the amount, you yeah. know? And so it's just a matter of like taking that step, even if like you don't see it. And so now even at the time when i started with sal it was just like abel belly and like wasari i think as mm. like the three artists and he had like another like handful of producers now sal has like close to 50 clients you know um we have abel metro boomin nav belly french montana london on the track uh, sabrina claudio doja cat galant um mm. aaron ray we have uh that's amazing. Amazing beast of producers, producers and writers. Yeah. Ali Gatti, who's amazing. Um, so we have a, a mean roster. Yeah. Yeah. Working it. And yeah. you're the director of operations. So yeah. tell me, because, you know, we've, we've heard your, your trajectory, like your journey up until this point where you were at Def Jam as an intern, right? Where are you now as far as what you're responsible for in this management role? Um. Sal's not big on titles, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, and yeah, so many sermons. And I, there was a sermon by Tim Ross during conference at Transformation Church. It was just like, you know, don't get stuck on a title. Mm-hmm. You know what other people call you. So mm-hmm. my title is director of operations, but in essence, it's basically managing Sal. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so okay. he is the operations, Got right? Yeah. He is Got the it. manager and is just, managing him so my day looks like making sure that he's on his shit yeah you know like we have a roster we have a staff of people and um i never used to do like scheduling but we've had like assistance and it just doesn't work so i stepped it up and was like you know what let me do it because that's another term of Oper- directing like your operations like you need to get these like calls you need to get these meetings in um and 
I know it's important. I know it's priority. We had a separate person just to like do that. That's an eight hour a day job, you know, mm. like scheduling calls and meetings and you have like 50 clients and you have a staff of 10 people that's calls with each person's label, each person's branding department, touring department, you know, merch, um, publishing, you know, it's a lot of, it's a long, li like t a list of 10 things for each client, you know? So, um, it's basically managing his life. So, um, I'm with him in his office and every meeting I sit at his desk with him. Um, and we get shit done. <laughs> I hear it. I hear it. So wanting to take it back to a little bit where we started. Yeah. The beginning, beginning, right. You said right now you're in a position of wanting to identify your purpose. Right. Wanting to, um, Wanting for it to be revealed, right. even if it isn't being released. Come on. And I think <laughs> as we're looking at, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm holding on to that one. <laughs> right. As I think about, you know, all that you've shared, we talk about being in L.A. and just the culture of being in the industry. It, it would look as though you've you've reached this this place where it's everything you say you wanted. Right. Right. And I feel like just re going through my journey now with you guys today. It's like for me, I'm happy. Right. Yeah. Like I'm content. And once you get happy and content, then we're like, oh, I got to start this all over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. we have to like erase it, forget it. And now I'm, and, and this year is amazing. And it's not about materialistic things, but it's like I'm at the place where it's like I remember when I first got my first car in L.A. and it was a 98 Honda, you know, and I didn't even know how to drive and gives like was the first one to teach yeah. me how to drive. <laughs> and now I have the car that I like I, uh, my first car that I actually like. And it's like my fourth car. You know, and now I'm at the apartment that like I actually like love and it's like my fifth apartment, you know. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm at a job like everything is amazing, you know, like from the car that I want to the crib that I want to the job that I want, the clients that we have. Like I have an amazing, amazing boss like Sal is like the best, you know, he's definitely a family man. The way that he balances like being a husband and a father and there for his friends like as their brother and the staff, you know, it's like. Like life is too easy, and I just felt like God is like, oh, I'm about to okay, shake yeah, it up. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah. and so things are good, huh? Yeah, and so for me, like, look, even if it's like when I'm 40, 45, mm. you know, like, what is it that God wants me to do? You know, do I, do I still have the same passion for working in the music business? No, because music ten years ago is very different from what it is now. You know, I couldn't tell you any song on the rap caviar on Spotify playlist. You mm. know, so for me, it's like being prepared in that next chapter right. you know and so that next chapter is just a little bit more personal okay you know just trying to figure out like what you know just like the meaning of life and mm. and what do you contribute to life you know i felt like when nipsey passed like a lot of people started to question like their knowledge and you know and if they're doing things right and 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 investing and, and reading books and education you know and i felt like that was like one of the marks that that he left here and so for me it's like okay like what is like what's your mark you know like what is it like can you say that you've changed people's lives can you say that you meant something to uh, at least like a, a handful of people you know you yeah. can't live life selfishly so i'm just in a, the space where i'm like like what what can i do that's going to be like impactful like what is what's the more like okay god created all these opportunities for me in the music business to be here but it's like does he want me to 
use my influence in the music business like for his glory you know like you just never know right and so while i'm fasting and praying during this day and you fast is just like reveal it you know just kind of like reveal it to me yeah that's beautiful even stuff like this just like speaking and sharing my story like hopefully like it motivates someone or it's like maybe me being a vessel to someone and saying, you know what, like I really was going to give up, but you know, hearing her say that, that really made me believe like I should quit or I should stay or just knowing like, it's not what I look like, what it looks like, but God will make a way for it. And yeah. So. Sharing your testimony. Yeah. That's what that does. It manifests like those different self reflections that we all need mm-hmm. to help us to figure out how we can visualize what we need to do or yeah. to re inspire, to re incite something in us that that we want to do or refire us yep. mm-hmm. yeah I, so I think uh, hearing you today i feel like is making me want to restructure some things for sure or like even just reassess like my work ethic because i was mm-hmm. like man like i thought i was working hard you work hard i think sometimes for myself even just hearing everything you said like one thing you talked about you never complained and you said that you, one of a uh, person one of your peers told you that or yeah. your friends of yours CJ. told you that and for me, I think because I've gone through so many different things in my life and have some personal challenges on my end, I often will rationalize or justify things I can or cannot do mm-hmm. or create disbelief within myself. Mm-hmm. And you never did that mm-hmm. at any point, even when you could have and things yeah. were difficult or hard. You just kept going. Yeah. And you never complained or were at least. Anyways, I, I mean, I don't know. The, right? I was like about to say that. I was about to say that. Of course. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there were. Yeah. But you persevered regardless. So yeah. I'm sure even in your downtime. You def- I mean, in terms of complaining, it was like complaining to Ted. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. if you're like, I don't want to share a hotel room with Twist and Zay. You know, I yeah. want my own hotel. Yeah. And, and it's just like, no, like you got to roll with the punches. And it's like no one wants to spend money. You got to earn that, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And in time, like you can't just come off the block and be like, this is what I want. You yeah. know, like that's why some people have their writer. And some business people say, you know what, I'm. I'm doing your in-ears, but I want to fly first class or business class, you know, and I want this, you know, you earn your, your value. And so for me at the time, like I, I I wanted, I didn't, the the materialistic thing didn't matter, you know, like whether I I slept in a hotel lobby, I didn't care, you know, it was about like, and and people see that and God sees that, you know, and it's just like, how, how bad do you really want it? You Mm -hmm. know? Oh, that's how bad do you really want it? Yeah, I think that's that's like that's, that's a great title for this, this journey. <laughs> How, and, and I mean, it's, it, and that was for me, and it, and it's like not complaining, which is like like I said, not going to test, but I had definitely had my friends that I leaned on, and I don't know if for them it was just like shut the f up because it's like I don't want to be on tour. And it's like what I would love to be on yeah. tour, you know, like and it's just different, you know, mm. or you're like. Um, you're just complaining about things that that they can't relate to maybe and they may be like like i have it maybe worse or you know like or whatever but you know the grass is always greener because my friends have kids and or relationships i'll be like i wish i had kids in relationships or they see me like oh you're single and you can get up and go and you don't have responsibilities but you know it's, it's just depending on your your situation at the time but um i definitely tristan has taking it taking it from me you know Mm -hmm. just like the the and that's and it and i feel like the growth is like also just personally like not leaning on other things to like cope with that you Mm. know like whether it's like sex whether it's alcohol whether it's just like being out um you know i haven't i haven't 
drink alcohol in seven months. I haven't had sex in like five months. So really at this personal growth stage of like, okay, like you want, and last year I just called it my isolation year, mm. you know, my year of spiritual solitude and just saying like, we're going to shake off all the things that you feel like you want to run to when like shit gets hard. Yeah. What, yeah. what do you feel like that's creating a, a different level of discipline within yourself or how did you get to that level of discipline? Um, I went on vacation by myself last year and I was like, I'm going, I went to Jamaica and I was just focused on being this Proverbs 31 woman. You know, everybody just want to <laughs> Proverbs 31. Come on, right? Yeah, and is. so at just reading that and I was just like, you know, like I want to be a virtuous woman. Like I, she was, a, she was a boss, you know, and she did, she took care of her man. She held it down. She was a business. She, she was good to her, her servants, her kids loved her. Her man was a boss. Like it was like relationship goals. Right. And so, um, I just wanted to be that person. And so I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna like cut out all the extra stuff and always start my year with a fast. So, you know, just from there, just really feeling like every year, every I think a lot of girls like I'm celibate this year. <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> day. It's a different story. Mm -hmm. But, um, just that and just staying busy. I mean, along with working with Sal, um, you know, I had a friend that I was working with also, you know, and and it would be like waking up at four in the morning to wake him up for seven in the morning, you know, and just keeping myself busy. If I was going to balance like helping him and uh, working with Sal, like there was no time for the extra mm. stuff. Like I could drink and then what time am I going to wake up in the morning? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so yeah. and then I said, okay, I'll drink Friday nights and Saturday nights. But then it's like, I feel sluggish, you know, or make bad decisions. And so, and plus I, I got locked up too, <laughs> like mm -hmm. in New Orleans, I, I had a fight with a police officer and, you know, I was in my cell and I was like, dear God, if you get me out of this, I'll never drink again. <laughs> and I haven't drank since. And so sometimes God throws situations and then you say the two things that I wanted to stop was having like casual sex and drinking. And so I felt like once I got control of the drinking, the casual sex obviously started because you're not sober mm. making, you know, Bad calls decisions. that you shouldn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so um, the unfortunate situation happened where um, I got into an altercation with somebody who I didn't know was a police officer, but life happens. Yeah. And so um, that was the, the jump start that really kicked off my, me not drinking anymore. So, um that's why I feel like now I feel like I'm overall in a better space um, because you just have to like everyone goes through things, especially in the industry. A lot of people some definitely look to like drugs and alcohol right? Um, and, and sex to, to cope with those things. So it's just about killing off like those things. And once you do that, I feel like mentally you can really have like certain things like revealed to you, you know, and it is like you get more woke. You know, yeah, for sure. by having control and saying, okay, we're going out, but uh, I'll take water, you know, yeah. or I'll take, I, I even pump fake it. I'd be like, let me get beer with no alcohol, you know? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. that way I can feel social yeah. to make people feel comfortable, whatever. Or I'd be like, let me get a drink that looks like a margarita with no alcohol, you know, just so you can like socially fit Maybe in some sometimes if you want yeah. to. Yeah. So um, that's been like my journey this past year. Um, definitely like being more spiritual and spiritual spirit being spiritual is fun. I enjoy it. 
you know, and there's people like Mike Todd mm-hmm. that make it fun and, yeah. and relatable. And Man, yeah. say that. Say that's, that. Why he's so, that's why he's so amazing. Yeah, and and I mean that's we're gonna we're gonna have to have another conversation because I that's something that I I'm definitely passionate about as well. Mike Todd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm about to get passionate about Mike Todd mm-hmm. and just you know him using himself, allow himself to be used in such a way. Um, just today, you know, mm-hmm. in this day and age, but um, that element of being a woman of faith and being in this industry, because yeah. I feel like it's it's common to feel like they don't mesh. You can't do both, you know? Yeah. I mean, but I enjoy it because I feel like my life, as I've just said here, is a testimony. Right. And yeah. I wasn't always strong in my faith. I've always like, like went to church, like sometimes as a kid, went to Yogi Bear. If you ever grew up in Brooklyn, there's like mm-hmm. this yellow bus that comes in. They, they bribe you with like gifts and prizes and you go to Yogi Bear and it's like this center, but they teach you about God, but it's like in a fun oh, wow. way. And it's like for youth. Okay. And so like, I went to like Yogi Bear and stuff. So like knowing the times that I have heard God say like, okay, you'll, you'll be fine if you move to LA, you know? And the most scary parts, you know, like you'll be fine. Like when you quit, you know, you'll be fine. Just believe in me and don't stay. Like, I know you want to quit, like, because you bought this house in Atlanta. It's amazing. It's beautiful. You want to live in it, but no, you know, you're going to stay in this job. Um, so that just made me realize like my relationship with God and, and being baptized also, that's mm-hmm. a whole story in itself. It was, it was, that's when I knew for sure. Like God is real. Like, like drop down tears like oh my gosh oh we need to we need yeah. to, okay we're gonna we're gonna come back we're Quick gonna circle summary, back because I, I, I have to tell that story um one church i was baptized in one church okay. and it was a bunch of people there and um when they called my name to be baptized look at this time it was 9 22 that's the time that i was born the, the day that i was born my birthday and i always looked at it as like a rebirth you know and so the whole time just sitting there like i said in the beginning i didn't have a super close relationship with my mom or mm-hmm. anything like that so um, I was kind of conflicted the whole time. Like I felt like I wanted someone to take a picture of me, you know, social media, like you want to post about your testimony. Yeah. Right. And people were there, people were there with their boyfriends, friends, girlfriends, whatever. And I just like, it was like two hours. So there's like 300 people they baptized. And I just like kept feeling sad. Like all this like trauma in my head of like my mom, like not being at my step shows or track meets or whatever. And I always just felt lonely. Like no one was like ever there. And I just kept saying, okay, you know what? I'm not going to bother anybody. Just focus on the baptism. Mm. And so once I came out, I was baptized. I, was, I, I let it go. And I was walking to the bathroom. And this girl was like, I don't want you to think I'm weird, but I took these pictures of you. And she was like, God told me to tell you that you're not alone and that he hears you and he's with you. And I what? broke down crying. Oh, that was man. like my moment. Like, like imagine wow. like being in this auditorium for like hours, just like, just, just so stressed out. Like, you know, like scared to like say like, maybe I could ask him to take a picture. Yeah. Maybe I could ask him to take a picture. And then it was just like this girl, I don't even have the picture. Cause it wasn't important. Like, and then that's when I knew for sure. Like she was just like, she was like, I just, she was, she was happy that she was obedient and she did it. Mm-hmm. Cause God told her to do it. And, and it was just the most surreal thing. Like, no one can ever tell me anything different. Yeah. But she was just like, I took these pictures of you. And God told me to tell you that you're not mm-hmm. alone. And he's with you. And I told her. And I was like, I was in this auditorium, like, back and forth crying. Because I kept saying I didn't want to bother anybody to take this picture. And 
and like I just felt remembrance of like being alone like growing up or like not having support or like wow. like my mom didn't even go to my college or high school graduation you know mm-hmm. so like a lot of that trauma was just yeah. like there with me in that yeah. moment yeah. yeah and so that's a real that's life beautiful. story yeah that's yeah. beautiful man. Mm-hmm. That is praise beautiful. God yeah Woo. God knew what I needed yeah he, he did Tamara yeah yeah Man, this is this is great. This is um, a, this is special. This is real special, man. Yeah. I want this to be like the highlight podcast of the year. You know, we're gonna do like a top ten moments and just make sure I'm in top three. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> want to make the highlight real, right? Right. Um, man, just thank you, thank you for taking the time yeah. to thank to you. spend with us. Mm-hmm. I hope on you this guys podcast. enjoyed Fellowship, story. connect. No, I did. This, <laughs> is, I, this was great. It was, this was that was good. that was special for you. I mean, a lot of stuff you even discussed i'm sure maybe you haven't even discussed that with people maybe you are possibly even close to or no so i appreciate me being absolute stranger <laughs> getting an opportunity to talk with you connect with you fellowship talk about your story um being able to share ideas concepts thoughts and experiences i really appreciate it and your hospitality in your home it's beautiful Aww, here thank yes, you. yes 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 yeah. and i want to let you know i'm extremely proud of you for really? all that you've done so for why real. you never hang there you go. <laughs> we yeah, Tarek. One time. Do you remember one time we did hang out? We were supposed to go to the movies, and he was like, Don't kill me, but I have to go to this event for Farrakhan. And oh, yeah. we curved going to the movies. I don't mm. even, And then we went to, there's like this hotel, this hotel was like a by the airport. Yeah. It was a conference. And it was like Minister Lewis Farrakhan, and he knows him personally, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah. he's, he was he was at this conference, and then like we went up to this hotel room, and then we're just there kicking. I'm like, oh, you're 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 connected, connected. <laughs> huh? like, That's funny. That's funny. I was like chilling with Minister Farrakhan was way better than going to the movies any day. I feel that. That's true. Damn, we did do that. Yeah, sure yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and he complimented me. You know. Oh, Farrakhan did. Yeah. He did. Oh, awesome. He did. Yeah. He did. That's what's he up. Did. Yeah. He's amazing. Good He's a times. nice guy. He's a nice How guy. How do you know Minister Lewis Farrakhan? That's a conversation right after the podcast. <laughs> 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 you feel it? I knew I was coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, man, no, for real. Thank you so much. Um, can we get you to do like a drop? This is something I just started doing. Oh, last I don't episode. drop that dun-da-dun no more. Can you drop that? So, um, you know, introduce yourself. Um, my name is T. So this is, and I'm from Brooklyn, hey. and I'm a Virgo. Hey. No, helping homies win oh, the podcast. Homies. Oh, I really hope this podcast helps hum- Listen, somebody win. No, you for sure did. You for sure did. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try a couple of things actually. I want you to introduce yourself. You know, however you want to spin it. Helping homies win the podcast. Um, one of our tags is tools for lifting a generation. Come on, that's a lot. Right? No, I'm not telling, <laughs> you, I'm not telling you to say that oh, in, your, oh, in yeah. your own way. Oh, okay. Um, or you can also share um, what it means to help homies win to you. Okay. So take your time. So this is Tamara, and I'm on helping homies win. And uh, this is tools for the next generation. And I think the best thing to help people win is to be transparent and to share your testimony. Um, Because if you're not transparent with it, it just looks like something that's unattainable. It looks like something that's easy, like there's no downs to it, that there's no sacrifices. So I feel like being honest with people is the, the main way to really help someone win by being honest, saying, look, I was broke or look. You know, this is what I did, so, yeah.